What's up, everybody? Zach and I are here with this month's edition of the Cinema Enema Podcast. Zach, this fucking idiot! He ruined the party. This fucking idiot! <laughs> Tell him why. He we started doing this. We did 15 minutes of this episode, and he wasn't recording. <laughs> fucking so idiot! We get the honor of uh, retelling the news we had already been into. So I don't know if it was 15 minutes, but we had talked about three fucking. That's how long Topics. it was on my recording. Okay. Which well, I hit and you didn't because you're a fucking idiot. You should have reminded me. I always, you know what I always say? Why would I remind you to hit record? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I always say, is everybody recording? Now, you, that should have like rung a bell in your head or you should have just at just in case. We should always just make sure everybody's recording. I've ne- I swear I've never done that before. Zach will say otherwise. You have done it. You have. Okay. You, you did a whole episode where you never press record. All right, so we're going to do our best to retread the last couple of news bits, the first couple of new bit, news bits we did. Uh, I might not go in quite as detail as we did before because we've already done said this shit. And you know what's fucking terrible is I said we could just use the, the, the backup. And he's like, no, 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 fuck you. Look, because we have standards here in the Revival House. I don't. We demand audio quality. I don't. You know, it's just one of those things. Ah, dude, you know what? In the era where everybody and their fucking mailman has a podcast now, you kind of have to stand out with at least good audio quality, right? Back in the day, 10 years ago when we started, you could get away with it because we were all basement dwelling chodes anyway that were just doing this with fucking no real equipment. But nowadays, man, it's hard enough as it is to keep up with the Joneses. So I believe in audio quality. That's just me. I don't. That's just me. But anyway, so... Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Cinema Enema, we do these uh, about monthly. It's how we've been doing them lately. Uh, and uh, we first talk about some news bits that have been going on. And then we go into shit that we've watched. And then the second half of the show, we have a film topic, uh, a film of the hour that we we break down and just discuss. One that ideally one of the two of us at least has not seen before. Uh, you know, we kind of watch it beforehand, do our homework, and we just have an in-depth discussion about it. So that's it. But anyway, we're going to go into these news bits, and we're going to kind of start fresh again. Just you pretend- know, uh, before we get into that, you know, I was thinking of something cool we could uh, do to, to shake things up for cinema. Anyway, you know what would be cool? Is if every, like, maybe uh, we, we, we set, like, a special thing where, uh, you know, fucking uh, on one of our picks, like, maybe once every, like, I don't know, a year or so, we can and throw a curveball and be like, you know what? We're gonna do a trilogy. So my pick is uh, this movie, and it's the trilogy. That'd be dank. And then uh, you know what else would be cool is if, like, uh, out of nowhere, you know what? This time I'm gonna throw out a band, and we gotta listen to this album. That would be cool too. We could uh, we could fucking uh, take your style and my style and interweave them. That would be cool. Maybe uh, I don't know. Well. I don't know if an album would be the entire bulk of Cinema Enema, maybe like a segment, maybe? That'd be great. Uh, we could just go track by track. I think maybe that's a its own podcast, though, Fuck right? Because it's, it's not cinema. I think that the series, the trilogy type thing is awesome because, uh, you know, we've had the idea for the longest time. I've had the idea, rather, to really have a podcast 
that breaks down Hellraiser one versus two, right? And that whole debacle and really, really stacking them against one another. That's something I think we should put under cinema enema, right? Amazing. Yeah. And if you want to talk about an entire breaking new ground. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think a lot of these ideas we've had. You know what's great too is I always have great ideas, and I'm really good at making people think that their idea, like my ideas, were their ideas. Like, because you never had a good idea on any of our shows. Anything you said that was like remotely somewhat a good idea, it's because I planted it there. Maybe a year before, maybe two days before, but maybe even five years before when we started doing this. I'm really good wasn't at that. It my idea wasn't it wasn't it my idea to have you even podcast with me? You saying that was the shit idea? See, I I fucking implanted that before that too. It wasn't even your idea to have me on the show. Oh, so yeah, that's right. Zach was fucking buttering me up years ago. He was mailing me fucking uh, <laughs> salute your shorts DVDs, planting the seed. Exactly. He was influencing me with with goods. Oh, by the way, did you see that new freaking uh, Dawn of the Dead Blu-ray box set that's coming out? Now that I gave you that one, they're basically making a Blu-ray box set or a fucking a 4K box set, and it's got all the versions too, but it's like 90 yeah. bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, did it, did they actually announce the pre-order date, though? Because I've been following that, yeah. Oh, no. The box set looks cool, though. That That's... Oh, I see. They didn't... They announced this some months back Riverman and I have been talking about it like with each other. And I've, I've been following the page because that's what they instructed to do because they hadn't released any dates for actual pre-order and it's not in our region. Like I'm going to have to import it. Right. That's but, funny. Cause like whenever I, I told you, I'd send you that my old copy since I'm not a huge fan of movie, uh, just to fucking do, just to, you know, see what was going on. I, uh, eBayed it to see how much I could get. And I was seeing like 80 bucks, 90 bucks. I was like, fuck this. I ain't sending it to him. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't fucking know that before I moved out here. I saw it at a, like a secondhand comic video game type shop and they were selling it for 20 bucks. I didn't know it was the fucking that expensive. No, I, I ended up sending it to him, but I'm stupid for it. Was it really that? Was it really going for that much? It was something. It was well, something. I, I'm not gonna sell it, man. I mean, I I actually like it. I always regretted not getting a copy of it. Uh, Riverman got it day fucking one, and I was always envious of it. It's a dank set. Too bad they didn't do it with the better movie, Day of the Dead. So I'm stoked for that that 4K thing. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, but thank God 4Ks aren't region locked, so I'm just gonna have to import it. And uh, I don't know what the deal is. Like, isn't it crazy how the the big dogs can't get their hands on who was putting it? Out? I can't remember who it is that's putting it out. But these big dogs, they can't shout factory and arrow. They can't fucking touch Dawn of the Dead. Some asshole owns Dawn of the Dead that that's always keeping that fucking shit held up. And uh, for some reason, he wants to work with these people that he works with. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Maybe fucking arrow and, and all these people are just ch- cheap. Because I, I I have to think someone that's holding on to it has to be for money, and, and they you know why can't they match? This guy obviously wants a certain dollar point, and they clearly weren't giving it to him. But I'm I'm excited for it, and uh, I need to check out the artwork too. Is it a cooler set? Does it is it is it as cool looking as the DVD set? Uh, it's just the original artwork. I mean, uh, you can't beat the original artwork on much of anything. Fucking, uh, you know, fucking that's how it goes. So that's a nice. Start to the news segment. We weren't, we didn't talk about that before, so that's something new. There you go. Yeah, before we get into the news, you got any new Blu-ray buys you got? Because I got the fucking, speaking of Scream Factory, I got that brand new fucking uh, Pet, Pet Cemetery. Cemetery 2 and the brand new fucking, uh, what was it, Idle Hands, baby. 
I got uh, <laughs> I meant to get the Pet Cemetery too, and I I kind of forgot about it. And then when you posted it in our little chat group, I was like, oh yeah, and I ordered it right away. So I had it the next day after you. And I saw that fucking uh, the original um, Sleepaway Camp is like nine bucks on uh, fucking Amazon for Blu-ray. Yeah, I got all three of those. Um, but that's a good deal. I mean, if anybody hasn't seen Sleepaway Camp, fucking get that. That's really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, I've bought and see the thing is, is during this downtime, the quarantine shit, which by the way, uh, we're going to talk about news here in a minute. It really feels like in the last month, two months, it's been real slow on the news front, unless it's not about the pandemic. You know, if you look at the headlines on your favorite news websites and the horror websites, it's pretty pathetic. I mean, all they have to work off of is movies that are coming to Netflix. Uh, but what have I, because of quarantine, a lot of retailers have been running movies on sale and like date flash deals and shit. I think, cause I know people are stuck at home, so I can't, uh, what have I gotten? Oh, I, I, I'll kind of talk about it later, but I, I did buy the invisible man on 4k. Uh, I watched that. We talk about that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, ha- we'll have to talk about it. Cause I did acquire that. And then I got uh arrival and cause that was real cheap. I got it for like fucking four. I, dude, I, I go to Best Buy, right? And I, I fall, I have the Best Buy app and they have their deals of the day, their daily deals. And they always refresh at 10 PM or sorry, I guess it would be midnight, uh, central time. So, and it, they're just flash deals. And sometimes they're thermat, they're thematic. Like maybe it'll be all like household cleaning equipment or it'll be like cooking equipment or it'll be like media related. But I check it every single night, man. And they'll, they'll just flash like some blu-rays that are dirt cheap or a whole bunch of uh or make some games that are dirt cheap i mean i've gotten some crazy deals um you know and the really really good deals they'll sell out they won't last like in a couple of hours they'll be gone but um, anyway so i got arrival because i've been i've been really hard on that director for a little while now so and i haven't seen that one i like i said the invisible man what else the fuck what else i fucking get i, got I can't once think upon a time in hollywood and uncut gems for cheap at walmart oh yeah but blu-ray or 4k Blu-ray. I don't got a 4K TV. Okay. Um. So, uh, fuck. You know. I mean, I Pet Cemetery too. Like I said, I got like Zach did. I know I've gotten some other stuff. I got that Mortal Kombat animated movie. You know. Um. Let me see. Which I I dug. What else did I get? Uh, did you dig it out? Excuse me. Did he give up that nappy dugout? Mortal Kombat movie. Let me see here. I don't know what you're saying. Because you're fucking beta. You're speaking Spanish to me right now. I'm going to actually check out my list real quick and just see. Because I cause I put some stuff in voodoo. Let me see if I'm missing anything obvious here. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I've gotten some stuff and I can't quite think of all of it. But those are the ones that come to mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been watching a lot of movies, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I don't know. Let's uh let's talk about the news real quick. Let's retread that. I think the biggest story is Scream Four. It, it feels like since the last Scream time we recorded, five, you Scream Five. Beta. Fuck, forgive me if I forget that fourth one existed. See, in our original other other version of the intro that he wasn't recording, he kept calling it Scream Four too. Yeah, because I don't. For, I'm looking at my crib notes here, and I wrote it down. As, I made a typo and called it Scream Four, so I'm reading it, and that's where it's come from. But Scream Five, since we recorded last time. That went from being a rumor to being officially, you know, a thing and with David Arquette officially cast. So let's go back in time on this one a little bit. Just a few years ago, post Wes Craven dead, post Scream 4, you know, they even asked Harvey Weinstein before he was in jail getting his ass pounded, you know, 
is there going to be a Scream 5 or are you guys going to reboot the film franchise? And at the time, it was a show on MTV. It might still be, actually. I don't fucking watch MTV. It was like, you know what? I want some younger pussy, so I'm uh, I'm only uh, making a show on MTV so I can cast like 15-year-old girls. I'm going to get but them it, to suck me off. Well, he said at the time, he says, you know what? I think TV is the right place for that property. And from a business standpoint... It didn't sound unreasonable to me because, you know, think about the giant gap there was between three and four. It was, wasn't it like a decade, 11 years? You just said fucking Harvey Weinstein had a good idea. What a fucking piece of shit. Next, you're gonna say fucking well, Hitler. No, I didn't say. I didn't say it was a good idea. I said it, it. I said it made sense. I guess because think about the gap from three to four, and then now with this fifth one, it's like an eight. It's it's almost as bad. It's just a couple years off, like eight year gap. I mean, the the kids that are gonna be your demographic going to a theater hypothetically to see it. If we have theaters by the time it fucking hits, they're they don't fucking even remember Scream Four. You know what I mean? That's why they don't care. They're probably making it for people like us that do remember. So they they only they're setting the bar at a certain place of how much money they want to rake in with it. So it makes sense that they would maybe at least reboot it. I would have understood if they rebooted it, but the fact that it's a sequel blows me away. And so they announced it, and then they first announced that Nev Campbell was in talks to return. She was in discussions. And that's the, the last Nev. we heard of that. Yeah, and that was the last we heard of that. But then... You know what they should do? They should cast Nev Campbell and make it an MTV movie, get Neve from fucking Catfish. They both have the same name. It's spelt the same way, but it's not said the same way. Fucking mind blown. No, I think Neve's name is N-E-V, and Nev is N-E-V-E. So you See, that doesn't make any sense. It's the fucking reverse. You think Neve would have an, uh, an E at the end, and Nev wouldn't. Yeah, no. See, that would have been a funnier setup for the joke you were trying to make. Illuminati exposed. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, like I said, she's in talks, but then they announced recently that David Arquette is officially on board. But so I, I don't. What if Nev doesn't agree to do the movie? Does it become a Dewey-led vehicle, or is he they just need turning- to make it a joint vehicle? It's a fucking sequel to Scream Five, and a sequel to the fucking uh, Ready to Rumble, and fucking uh, Dewey. Big ass eight-legged with- freaks. Yeah, fucking Dewey's met with Sean, his buddy from the movie, and uh, fucking the Ghostface Killer is Jimmy King. They should get Ghostface Killer to be played by Ghostface Killer. That'd be fucking dank, and Jimmy that- King. There's always two killers. Well, that's the only thing they could do at this point. Like, what are they even going to do with Scream 5? Usually in these franchises, they don't have the same, you know, protagonist. I'm surprised one of the scary movies didn't do that. Ghostface Killer as Ghostface Killer? They had to have thought of that and just couldn't get him on the movie or something. That's a, but, I mean, like, most of these movies that stay, you know, well past their, their welcome, they at least have different protagonists. You know, Nancy wasn't getting stalked by Freddy in every movie, and the Saw franchise, for the most part, targets different people. Nev Campbell... It's different with Scream. You can't just throw in another Dewey. You can't recast those guys. It's, but it's, it. It, I know, but how... It reverses it, because the killers are the ones that change every movie. How? That's a good point. I never thought about that. How often can they really be going... How often could they really be doing this to Nev Campbell and how often could, you know, I don't know. But You don't think Nev Campbell's uh, pretty uh, sexy? I mean, she's not my type. You wouldn't Nev her Campbell? No, she's not my type. But- I want to Nev her Campbell and Bruce Campbell while eating a fucking bowl of Campbell's chicken noodle soup. I don't know if they have a script done or not or a draft. I have to imagine some kind of spec script is out there. But they're ready to amend it if she says no. Like, here's my thing. They, they've cast Dewey. 
if Nev Campbell says yes, then they've got this idea already on paper, roughly that'll involve all the classic people. But if Nev says no, she, like if she doesn't come back, it should be Dewey trying to make a new, like he's trying to update the Dewey Decimal System, and like the uh, fucking Ghostface Killer gets pissed off. He's like, "You don't fuck with that shit." And he's trying to kill him. But I just think if she says no, then someone like Dewey, they'll just kind of make a glorified cameo and he won't be so crucial. That That's how, what I think they would do. But yeah, like my whole point about the ghost face killer thing, what are they going to do? What twist is really going to be worthwhile after they've done everything with Nev Campbell? Like, I mean, her fucking uncle, her cousin, her fucking sister, her fucking, fucking I, Emma Roberts isn't really dead. And now she's going to fucking know, kill everybody with her tits out like they almost pretty much would have to make it a member of Wu-Tang Clan to 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 be like, oh, okay, I didn't see that coming. Um, but I, so I don't know. Fucking, uh, or well, Matthew Lillard didn't die and he's back. He's amazing. Well, and then, yeah, so Matthew Lillard is funny. Speaking of news See, I'm beasts, going through a checklist of all the things we talked about the first time we recorded <laughs> this. And he's, I know I would have forgotten it. He's like secretly reminded me. Like he doesn't have to. It's funny how you're, you're doing this is almost like a mental cue for me to bring it back up, but you're also bringing it up breaking the fourth wall like what's the point uh, yeah we brought this up before but speaking of it being really slow in the news department this is exactly the headlines you get during quarantine you know you have one of these uh, middle of the road c-level interviewers that you know get a get to chat with matthew lillard uh you know via skype cam or something and they ask him one of those headline baity questions right because those guys gotta get gotta ask an obvious question so they can have a headline so they can submit it to dread centrals and all those people so they can get more notoriety and exposure for their little fucking podcast or whatever anyway he asked them the dumbest question of the century that all of these podcasts ask all of these fucking uh i'll do anything for a job actors, right? The answer is always going to be yes, mind you. Anyway, he asked Matthew Lillard, which this answer is dumb for a couple of reasons. If they asked you to be in Scream 5, would you say yeah? What would you say? For A, like I said, he's a working actor. He's going to fucking say yes. And B, he, as he mentions, his character is fucking dead. It's he was dumb. originally supposed to come back for Scream 3, you said. Yeah, so that that's not so he he already confirmed that a little while back. I don't know if it was like a year or two ago. I think it was like a panel at a con. He was supposed to be in Scream Three. He was contracted, uh, you know. And the story was that, uh, you know, I guess two was what it was, and then three came along, and it turns out that he was the secret orchestrator from prison. It turns out he had survived the the TV assault, right? That we thought killed him in the first one, and oh, yeah. he was he was somehow orchestrating some other killer or killers from the joint. They could have made it a fucking speaking of Wes Craven. It be, it's like a, a it goes with shocker. He uh, whenever he died from the TV, he was sucked into the TV, and now he can communicate with killers throughout static television. And he's smoking a fat ass joint with that gremlin that you know suffered the same fate in Gremlins too. Hell yes, and they're hanging out together. So, what do you think of Matthew Lillard? By the way, I always liked him. I'm neither here nor there. I, I know him from Scream, that shitty Wing Commander movie, and Scoob. Yeah, fucking the greatest Shaggy ever. And he's not Shaggy on the new one. That was part yeah. of the fucking interview. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that I don't understand because he says that one kind of cut him a little bit. Like, you know, why would they not call him? I'm like, when do they ever call the film adaptation people adaptation people to do animated stuff? He does I, do the voice on the new cartoons, which is funny. Oh, so maybe that's why he felt slighted because he had that clout because he was also a voice actor. Remember, uh, your fucking phone's making your computer go crazy again. Yeah, and I just, I noticed it before you said that. I put my. <laughs> Remember uh, fucking how uh, fucking Matthew Lillard was on a television <laughs> show on Nickelodeon back in the 80s called Skate TV? 
Uh-huh. He was hanging out with Pro Skater. He's like, hey, this is Tony Hawk. Yeah, we're just hanging out skating, bro. See, they should put Matthew Lillard as a playable character in the new Tony Hawk Pro Skater Part 1 and 2 coming out soon. Fuck, dude. And we're not going to talk about that because it's not a video game podcast, but I will say I'm fucking stoked for that. I'm so excited. If I could play as Matthew Lillard, I will be fucking hard as a rock. I want that right now, man, because Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, that is the ultimate put it on mute and listen to podcast type of game. I mean, obviously the soundtrack's really rad and all that shit, but I like those like games where I'm just kind of going for points, going for achievements and just, yeah. What about these stupid fucking zoomers with these stupid ass fucking subhuman takes, the fucking zero IQ takes that fucking skate is better than Tony Hawk's pro skate. Fuck you. Yeah, no, I never saw that. So I'm all about it, man. And I, and I think I always, I don't want to go off on a tangent because we've got films to talk about, but really quick, I'll say this. I know people are talking about Tony Hawk 3. I love Tony Hawk 3. Zach's like, why the fuck anybody give a shit about Tony Hawk 3? Two's the best one. Maybe I like Tony Hawk 3 as much as I do because they further advanced the mechanics. But my thing is, I'm pretty sure if these are remade, Tony Hawk, these, this remake of 1 and 2 is going to play even better than 3. You know what I mean? The mechanics will be so great. Oh, yeah. Hopefully that- they bring back the fucking Flatland tricks. You can do the pogo. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fucking great. And um, yeah, anyway, that's all we'll say about that. But yeah, fucking Tony Hawk is awesome. Um, Anyway, done with Matthew Lillard talking about Zach wanted to discuss something about Disney censorship. Go into it. Yeah, there's a movie called Splash where fucking Daryl Hannah is showed her ass and they fucking uh, they made they CGI so that her hair is longer and covering her ass. Looks like she's got a furry ass. It's a Ron Howard joint. So that I didn't know about this before he he mentioned this to me before we started recording. And that's absolutely ridiculous to me. And I don't want to fucking speak ad nauseum on the topic because I guess we just did. But and basically, there was another uh, fucking instance where uh, fucking they blurred some girl's cleavage in a fucking Disney Channel original show uh, called Wizards of Waverly Place. Selena Gomez. Yeah, it wasn't even a kid in the movie. It was like a, or a show. It was a fucking adult in the show and they blurred out like the top of her dress like look it's your tits look they own these properties it's it's their right to fucking amend and edit whatever the fuck they want to was splash theirs or was that one of the fox movies they acquired splash it was not uh, a disney movie right See, they could just end up owning every movie and censoring them all that'd be amazing and that's and that just that's all the more reason why physical is still king, right? Physical copies. Because we're getting into this era now where, uh, I mean, they could do it with games. If you download a fucking game that you used to love and they make it available on some store, they can go back and change shit that, you know, maybe isn't PC today. Who knows what, what makes those changes and the reasons why they do it. The fucking Disney Channel Plus edited version of Die Hard 2 where fucking the guy at the end doesn't fall off the building and die. He falls into a big tub of cotton. Zach, tell them what you get if you if you if you weren't careful and you don't own a physical copy of E.T., you might get stuck with that re-release theatrical version if that's what they end up wanting to stick they on. They changed the guns to walkie-talkies. You know, and, and for all I know, that's what's going to end up on Disney Plus or something, you know, in the future. It's going to be that version. Exactly. Right? So... Why did they change the guns to walkie-talkies? What was the point of that? Why do they cover up from fucking harmless cleavage? Yeah. It's the same thing, man. They just don't want to. Ri- they're like, well, how important is this really to the story versus is it worth pissing off a very small margin of people? Let's just yeah. cover. Let's just change the guns. Right. Are they? I, I never actually seen that version. Are they pointing the walkie talkies like guns and it looks retarded? Uh, there's one <laughs> shot where they pull the guns out and like aim it at the camera. They just took that shot out completely. 
And so like, yeah, there's people just sitting there with the fucking walkie talkie. Remember they made fun of it on South Park and they were like, Saving Private Ryan, where they changed the guns to walkie talkies. And the show was a bunch of army guys shooting walkie talkies at each other. Yeah, as I was about to say in E. T. is there like any point in the movie where someone's pointing a walkie talkie at somebody and they say freeze and it's like, Wow And then they updated the fucking uh, like UFO graphics and then uh, they added a deleted scene of them in the kitchen drinking Coke or something. So I just don't think editing stuff is the way to go. I think it does a disservice because they're selling this platform or they were so they were selling it on the fact that, Hey, I mean, I, I think it's for kids. Let's be, let's face it. It's for parents with kids right now that want to watch finding Dory, but for everybody else, that's not a kid. It's like, Hey, look, you want to relive your childhood and watch all your old favorite, obscure Disney channel movies, Disney channel shows or Disney movies from the seventies, eighties, nineties. Well, it's all here. Just how you remember it. That sounds a lot better than, Hey, we've edited it. So imagine if they like, like one of my favorite movies as a kid was Homer Bound. What if they like, we re-edited Homer Bound and we made the dog's mouth move. And then it's like, oh, that, that could work. And then you watch it. It looks like shit. Like I haven't even bothered looking or anything. Cause I haven't thought about this movie in years, but I bet you song of the song of the South isn't on there. Right. Exactly. Which, which I, I get how times have changed since song of the South. They could just make it a racist free version and it could be like 40 minutes long. But I'm I'm a little in between on something like that. Like, I totally get it. And I get why, at least I would understand, I guess, why they would not want to associate with that movie anymore if it's their property and as a company, maybe. But at the same time, history's history, right? Why, I mean, is it really any different? Why don't you burn, why don't you rip out the pages of the chapter about it in, the, in our history books about the civil rights movement? You know what I mean? Well, how, mm. How's that different? Rip out, rip out of the papers, uh, all the slavery talk. I mean... History is is what it is. It it doesn't mean it's what's represented today. Um, I just think it's. I guess it's kind of funny because you know it's it, it displays sort of the house type slave or whatever the guy that worked on the land and he's happy. He's singing zippity doo dah zippity day. They were all fucking super happy to be working for everybody. Like not even paid. It was just, they were just cool with that. Super yeah, singing well, songs and shit. God willing, the actor got paid. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Anyway, um. So yeah, I'm more of uh, I'd rather preserve stuff to a degree, you know. If it comes to when it comes to history, I know that's just me. But do they like cut out those scenes that are like Dumbo? Because like originally in Dumbo, like the crows. Yeah, the animal, the animal. Yeah, oh, the crows. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think they did. I remember that was a big thing. That was a big thing. There was a big black. There was like a weird freaking like black uh character in uh fantasia that they cut out completely look i mean they probably fucking cut out the most crucial scene in bambi the beginning when his mom dies because it's just too sad look i've already said that they they cut this out a long time ago i love muppet christmas carol (laughs) and they cut out the one of the best scenes in the whole fucking thing because it just brought the movie down it was too sad you know, that whole when love is gone scene where it's just depicting the moment where Michael Caine's Ebenezer Scrooge fucked up, where his where he pivoted, where his life changed trajectory and he became the Ebenezer old crotchety Scrooge. Right. When he fucked up his relationship with his lady, his is, uh, you know, his fiance and she left him. And then you have Michael Caine watching it all of reliving it and he's fucking crying. And it's it's pretty sad. <laughs> Michael Caine can act even when he's working with puppets. And it's that's the best acted uh, scene in the movie. It's funny because if you watch the cut version, it's that that fucking song's gone, and all of a sudden he's acting like really upset, and it's like you could tell something was cut out of that. Yeah, and it's and so. And then I looked it up, and yeah, that was where that fucking song was. And they not only is it you know you can't find that scene on Disney Plus, they the only place you can find that scene is on the VHS tape. 
They took it out of the DVD when that came out years back. They took it out of the Blu-ray and they don't even give you the option to watch it like two versions. It is gone. So physical media is king, man. And I guess in this case, I, I fucking I guess YouTube has the VHS version because I don't have a VCR anymore. Yeah, you can but, watch that scene on YouTube, but I, you just can't watch the whole movie. You can watch it until they find out and then the copyright strike it at least. Well, I'll watch the movie on Blu-ray on the TV behind me. I'll pause it when that scene's coming up, and then I'll have the fucking scene on YouTube queued up, and then I'll play it there and go back. I don't know. It's just a crime, man, because that really is the best scene in the movie. I love that scene, and it really is it's – a, it's a dig, man, when that's not there. It's, it, it really hurts it. But anyway, yeah, censorship, it's bullshit. Speaking of censorship, which, by the way, real quick, before I move on to this – uh, and I, the Disney thing, it, it's proven to be a little disappointing because I have no idea what they're doing the fro- with the Fox properties. Fox, I mean, they have family-friendly shit too, but uh, they have a lot of properties that are R-rated and adult content, you know, uh, Die Hard, Alien, Predator. What are they doing with this stuff? See, I, I want to see the Disney Plus edited version of Freddy Got Fingered. I think it'd be good. When they announced, uh, they had already announced Disney Plus before they acquired Fox. But when they acquired Fox, I was like, holy shit, Disney Plus is really going to be a force to be reckoned with because they just got everything now. But, you know, now that we have Disney Plus, it's, they just want it to be a family vehicle. Everything's on, on there is PG. They're even editing their PG movies, right? So it's like, what are they going to do with the Fox shit? At first, I thought, well, when it came out and there was no Fox shit, I'm like, okay, well, they don't need Fox. Because they have Star Wars, they have Disney, of course, they have Marvel, they have all this shit. That'll be enough to get their fan base installed. And then, you know what, they're, they're keeping Fox as their, their trump card when maybe a year later, the uh, you know the, the subscriber base starts to, to flatten and, and level out. And then they want to grit more people in. Now let's introduce Fox. But until they flatten the curve, but they've already technically integrated Fox is what I'm saying. Uh, if you go on the interface, they've got it pretty uh, streamlined, but they got it divided into categories to make it easy to search everything. But they have Star Wars, Marvel, Disney and house and National Geographic. So what they should have there is a big old Fox button. What do they pay fucking all that money for? Hey, wait a minute. National Geographic. Do they cut out all the times the animals fuck each other? Do and what about the- long hair covering their balls? And what about like the titties? Exactly. What about the native titties, right? The uh, I don't know. Anyway, the small children cock. Oh, God. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke like I used to watch that shit all the time for the small children cock. But no, I thought, you know, just say small children cock. That's funny enough. But I'm like, you'd think they spent all this money. To acquire Fox, and it has to be more than just to put them out of fucking business. I mean, they they want to use that pro the shit. So they actually have Fox stuff on there, but it's just a couple of things here and there. So I guess it doesn't justify a whole button. They obviously were promoting Simpsons, right? They got they got the, and, and they have the Simpsons, and they even fucked that up. They 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 didn't show the whole picture. Which they said back when that got a bunch of backlash when it premiered last year that come January, February, it'll be fixed. They were going to fix it. Uh, and I don't, I haven't gone back to see if they did. But anyway. I have. It's not fixed yet. Yeah, fuck them. But anyway, that's like the new standard and it's fucking bullshit. But uh, anyway, they also have a lot of those cartoons on Fox from back in my childhood. You know, Spider-Man, X-Men. They have like all that Marvel shit. Uh, and I don't know if that's a Fox or a Marvel thing. But regardless, they have some Fox TV properties. Uh, but not much. And then, of course, the only Fox movies you have are they have the Simpsons movie, which is Fox, and they have Home Alone one and two, shit like that. Uh, I don't think Splash wasn't Disney. I don't know what Splash was, but you got to remember Disney owns 
Buena Vista touchstone. So maybe mm-hmm. some of that stuff falls under that stuff. Uh, but anyway, you, they don't promote that stuff. Like you have to just physically search like home alone and maybe you'll get it because like I said, the algorithm's all fucked up. They give you three big categories that are Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, sorry, four and National Geographic. The only way you're going to find home alone is if you search it manually or if you go to all movies. Why does Star Wars have its own category? Is it that great? I don't know. They got a lot of movies and they got the Clone Wars and they got the series and Mandalorian. If if Star Wars has its own category, why doesn't Ernest P. World have his own category? Fucking got me, man. He's got just as many movies. He's almost got his own cinematic universe, right? His movies are better. They weren't fucking, uh, speaking of censorship, changed by the fucking uh, hack director. I, you know, it was, it, when they acquired Fox, they canceled everything they had planned. They had a new Die Hard sequel slash prequel hybrid. Uh, not that that's any love lost. I mean, fuck, but they canceled that. X Men series canceled. They even had a movie they were coming out with and that got fucking shelved. And they had, uh, I think they were even going forward with another fucking Ridley Scott alien abomination. That's canceled. And it's like, okay, so you guys are canceling all that stuff that's in production. I'm pretty sure their idea is to eventually reboot all these. God willing, they don't make them PG-13 and try and make them family-friendly. Um, I mean, they they now have the – it, it was Fox Searchlight or 20th Century Fox. Now it's – oh, you know what it is? It's 20th Century Pictures. That's what it is. But – so hopefully they just use that as a vehicle to still put out adult content and they can just kind of, you know, re- rake in the fucking dough from it, the profits. You need Disney Plus porn. What's the point of having something like Touchstone if they have Fox now to throw the adult movies under? Because Touchstone, that's what Disney always did. They they put their more adult shit over over there. I don't know. Because you could touch yourself while you watch them. So anyway, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I think maybe they're just going to use the Fox shit and make money off of it with leasing it to Hulu and all that shit and all these other companies, right? Streaming services and part it out. Or eventually... Maybe they will add it later on, or they'll do like Amazon, right? Prime, and they'll add like an add-on to Disney Plus where you can buy the Fox channel, right? Um, it'll be some way to separate it from the kid kitty content, something. But anyway, it is what it is. Hopefully they don't fuck up Alien when they get back to it. Anyway. They need to make an Alien version where all the fucking uh, titties are censored out, all the cleavage. Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, anyway, speaking of censorship, uh, go over it really quick. Uh, recently, the week that we're recording this, uh, there was an eagle-eyed fan that noticed the Netflix version uh, of Back to the Future 2 had edited out the scene with the Ooh La La magazine, right? Uh, and they, mm-hmm. of course, flipped shit. They went on Twitter. I think they tagged Bob Gale. Bob Gale actually rather swiftly, within a day, replied. He actually said... Uh, that's not a Netflix thing. That is a studio thing. Netflix just gets the movie straight from the studio and they put it up. They're not fucking touching anything or whatever. Um, they're, they're not in charge of that shit. Anyway, he said it was a studio thing and he actually reached out to him when he heard about it from, from this fan. And, uh, it was just a fucking miss. A mix up. That's all it was. He says it turns out it was a version that had gone to some country in Europe randomly um, that had it censored that he wasn't Bob Gale wasn't even aware of. And that's the fucking version that they accidentally sent over the Netflix. And, and Bob Gale said he demanded and requested that it, it they burn that copy and supposedly they complied. But anyway, they fixed it. Like, but by the time he responded on Twitter, he, he said it was already replaced. So if you watch on Netflix now, Ooh la la, magazine's intact. That's sad. They burned it, so we'll never be able to see that fucking terribly edited version again. That's censorship, too. They're fucking censoring the censored version. 
<laughs> I guess. Um, let's see. Uh, other news. Let's uh, bust through. I've got a couple more things I want to bring up. We won't talk about them as much, I don't think. Halloween Kills, I guess um, David Gordon Green said a trailer's coming soon. And I remember, uh, I think, a week or two before even that, the writer, I think it was. I think it was the writer, not one of the producers. The writer says, as if it's a, a, a point to actually sell the movie, oh, this is the most violent and brutal Halloween yet. Oh. Dude, why is, say that. Say why that. is that a good thing? The original Halloween wasn't violent at all. Exactly. You they know what? Sh- I, this, I'm hoping this is finally the movie where fucking uh, Michael's going to fuck his sister. Yeah, and we get to see it. We're going to see that scene. That they're going to recreate how fucking Jamie... Uh, you know, she was fucked by Michael Myers. We're finally going to see it, though. But so, only in the fucking producer's cut. I'm not, don't don't get me wrong, I'm not against Halloween 2. I, I know not everybody likes it. Obviously, they, they went violent. They went all Jason Voorhees in, in the original sequel, and I love the sequel. So I'm not against it, but I don't, I don't think that's something, it doesn't look good when you, that's what you're trying to say to sell your movie. But we I guess need they to see him actually kill a toddler in this one, not bitch out like last time. Yeah, and that's fucking bullshit. I mean that because that's, I mean, I'm not saying you have to show him or show any of the aftermath of him killing a baby, but they could have implied it enough to where we knew what happened. But to watch him just walk away like he had a heart, and because remember the devil's eyes, right? No emotion. He's pure, concentrated evil. He shouldn't have a conscience of making decisions. Like in the first movie, they described him as a killing machine, just this automatic killing machine that just kills without reason, right? So why would he oh, stop yeah. at a baby? See, he should kill the baby, and then fucking Dr. Dre shows up to sing Guilty Conscious. Oh, my god! He gosh. kills Dr. Dre and Eminem in this next scene. Show he don't got no conscience. That'd be, I haven't seen that music video in forever, man. That's TRL days amazing but anyway we'll see what happens i mean never never trust the writers or the directors or the producers of an upcoming movie they have stakes in right that they're their own hype men i mean fucking whatever man I, see if, if i ever make a movie i'm gonna be like oh i just watched the first cut of the fucking new movie it was shit you're gonna love it it's fucking terrible <laughs> You know, oh, your fucking stakeholders and your investors would be flipping shit, man. I, I get that. Like, exactly. They have to do what they have to do, but fucking, I'm just saying, take it with a grain of salt. They're going to see the movie. Fans are going to see the movie anyway. I didn't even really like the first one they just did that much, but I'm still going to see the next one because it's Halloween. And like, what what do we have to compare it to? What else am I going to see? I mean, uh, of course I'm going to watch Halloween. It, it'll be all right. Anyway, uh, so there's that. Let's see. Uh, oh, this is also, I guess, Paul, because they announced uh, the Snyder cut of uh, Batman v Superman. Or no, uh, Justice League. Sorry. Everybody's been clamoring for that. Not me. I give a sh- two shits about it. But I guess like uh, the Internet at large has been clamoring for that Snyder cut because, you know, the internet uh, at large is fucking retarded. Because what happened is uh, Zack Snyder in the in the middle of doing the flick, the directing it, his daughter on time, she killed herself and it was very tragic. So they got josh whedon to come in and finish the movie so he directed at least half of it right see the josh whedon part's probably better than the Zack snyder part and then he edited it and and everything else so everybody was like wanting hey let's can we get like the original for or you know what he might have finished it but they brought josh whedon in to redo it for some reason or i don't know but everybody's been wanting to see his version and uh it was one of those situations where an internet campaign worked because not only are they getting it they've exclusively sold it to the new hbo max coming out in a few days and they're turning i think they're turning it into like a series because it's so long see 
We live in a world where we don't have the fucking five-hour version of Freddy Got Fingered, but we have this shit. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if it's still going to have that derpy fucking Superman with the mustache. Oh, amazing. But anyway, that's a thing. Uh, anyway, in response to that. It's funny how you bring up the best part of a fucking movie and act like that's the worst. In response to that, like somebody asked Paul Feig. Um, yeah, a three-hour version of his Ghostbusters movie. No, 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 no. Somebody asked him about that. He's like, so, uh, you know, talking about that. We got the Snyder Cut. Or do we have, get this? And he says, yeah. He's like, well, actually, he's like, there's a three-and-a-half-hour director's cut of Ghostbusters. I, I totally have it. Like, I God, could, it's like fucking damn it. And, and, you know, he wasn't necessarily being serious, but I mean, he, I'm sure he was serious that he has it, but I don't think he was serious about fucking putting it out. If he did, I mean, I, I kind of give him a pat on the back because that's the ultimate troll move because he knows at this point everybody fucking hates that movie. Uh, that would be pretty funny, actually, if he <laughs> started. He has even longer scenes where, where I'm just letting them riff and they just go on and on. And the scenes don't go. They don't move on. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the last bit of news, too, is uh, I think this is actually official. They announced a Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead remake. Mac will be very happy. Or not happy. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, the producers of it. Uh, Mac said, like, a, a subhuman IQ level th- stupid thing recently in our, our fucking uh, group. He said, I would kill for a remake of Back to the Future with Robert Downey Jr. and some other dumb fuck. I was Tom, like, Tom Holland. I was like, that's a, the most downy take you've ever given us. So, okay. Now, that was an internet thing, too. People, there was, like, a small group of people that were saying, oh my god, they should remake uh, fucking that movie, and they should cast Robert Downey Jr. as Doc, and Tom Holland, who played Spider-Man, right? Iron Man and Spider-Man Avengers? Only if he wears blackface through the whole movie. Yeah, and they should cast Tom Holland to play Marty McFly. I get it. Tom Holland kind of looks like a young Marty McFly type, but fuck. And I was trying to tell Mac, I'm like, look, that's that's just one of those movies you can't remake. Even if they want to, and there's money, they're you just can't. I mean, not that I'm a huge fan of E.T., but that's like Remaking E.T. You can't remake E.T. either. E.T. is E.T. Marty McFly and fucking Doc are Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. You can't remake that movie. There's a couple of other movies that... What other movie would you say you just can't remake? Even if, like, you... Zach, even if you were an investor and all you cared about was money, I'm talking about a movie that even someone like you would have to say, you can't touch that one. It just... You can't the do Shining. It. You can't touch. Yeah, you cannot touch The Shining. But you See, really- that's another thing. We don't have the fucking uncut version of The Shining, but we got a fucking three-hour version of Ghostbusters maybe happening. Fuck this world. Uh, and there's like a fucking. I had other examples too. Like I said, not. And it's it's. This is my fandom aside. I'm not. It has nothing to do with me liking or disliking a movie because, like I said, I'm not that big of a fan of E.T. But you know, E.T. You can't remake E.T. E.T. He's literally. The on the logo for Amblin Entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And and he he's, Nambla Entertainment. What did I say? <laughs> you said the real thing. I just said Nambla. Okay, which is the pedophile organization. Oh, okay. Anyway, he like he's dolls. He's all this shit. It. You know what? Okay, it's you can't remake Forrest Gump, right? That's yeah. that's stupid. You just can't. You can remake Black Christmas five times. That's fine. <laughs> And it doesn't, I'm not saying they're fucking good, but you can totally do it. And you kind of expect that's the type of flick they're going to try and cash in on again. But who's good? I don't care if Forrest Gump was 26 years ago. You couldn't remake The Godfather. Yeah. And, and I don't care if it's if another 20 years passes from from Forrest Gump or The Godfather. You cannot remake The Godfather. You cannot cast somebody else as Forrest Gump. It just doesn't work. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, that fucking 
that was so stupid. But don't don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I guess you can remake it if you want. It's kind of a weird one to do. Christina Applegate now plays the old babysitter that dies. <sighs> yeah, fitting. Uh, she's probably petitioning for it. Anyway, uh, what's it called? Uh, the the producers that are backing it. They're selling it and justifying it, you know, how they do. They're hyping it up, saying, you know what? He's like, that movie is timeless. He's like, people still quote that movie, you know, dishes are done, bitches, and all shit. And I'm like, did, and, did they watch the fucking new Jansaw Bob reboot and think that's real life? Yeah. Because they mentioned that. <laughs> oh, I know. Stephen Coogan, and they have him on there and stuff. Stephen Coogan, classic. Yeah, and Stephen Coogan fucking aged like fucking milk, dude. Oh, he's amazing. He little fucking like shit. Uh, I guess age happens, time happens, but uh, yeah, I I never thought. I think it was, it's on the cusp, right? It has its like cult following, but it's not the movie I would have thought they were to remake. Uh, they would remake, to be honest with you, and I don't think anybody's gonna remember it. That the small cult following that you know quote don't don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. They're our age or a little older, and they're not that big. You know what I mean? House arrest is better. House arrest, yes. I just don't. I, I don't know what they're going to do with that. But anyway, regardless, that's really all we had for news, man. Uh, so let's talk really quick about what we've seen of note lately. Um, and what we, you know, just anything of note. It's quarantine, man. I've been watching shit tons of stuff. I'm not going to go over all of it because it's not all good. So I'm just going to kind of pick some things that are notable. Zach, what have you watched? You know what I watched last night? What? I did it on fucking Joe Bob's Drive and I watched Heathers. What, you ever see that movie? Uh, Yeah, I've seen Heathers. I like it. Everybody talks about it. How it's uh, you know a classic. I never got it. To me, it's a it's like half of a good movie, and then by the end of it, it completely falls apart. It loses all, any sense of like the fucking you know uh, any of the funny fucking uh, shit that it had going for it. And uh, yeah, I just I I don't get it. I watched it once. Uh, I remember the year I watched it in 2012 for the first time on Netflix, and I don't remember the ending. I remember liking it fine. Uh, I don't remember too much about it. I remember it. It was a black, dark comedy, right? It wasn't a horror. Yeah, this, this this satire was working for me, and then like by the end of it, it's like it's just one of those movies where you're like fucking like you're you're like I'm on board with this, and then they just make a dumb decision. You're like, why they do that? Why they do that? And you're just asking that through the second half of the movie. Yeah, it never worked for me. Well, um, so what else have you watched? I watched Snowpiercer. Oh, it, I, I fucking love that movie. What'd you think of it? I think Parasite did it better. So I have no idea what Parasite's about. So I don't know. But Parasite's a similar type of thing? It's the same thing. Fucking uh, basically setting up uh, uh, between the two classes Okay, shit. that whole thing. So the same guy who directed Snowpiercer. I think all of his movies are like that, actually. Really? So I still have to see Parasite. It's on my watch list. Um, But but Snowpiercer, what'd you give Snowpiercer? I gave it a seven. Really? I think I I think I gave it even higher marks. I might have given it a fucking. T- I really liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it had a cool setting, had a cool pace. Um, you know, it, it, it was really cool. Uh, it, a movie I watched that. Uh, I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but since it's kind of on topic, that Netflix movie that came out that does the same fucking subject that that platform movie. I think platform. It, yeah. Did you watch that? I've heard about it. Okay. So I don't know if it's, it's either it's either French or French Canadian. The whole thing's dubbed though. And it's really awkwardly dubbed. But it's it's all in French. You can tell they're speaking French, I think, and then they, they got English dubs. Did you uh, just watch the dub version? That's weird. No, no. It's that's the way it is on Netflix. 
Yeah, you can you can change like the, the like language and well, the settings. Well, that's the way it was stock. That's oh. that's the, it, it can't come stock. It actually what it sounds like is it sounds like they filmed it in French and they got the same actors to do their overdubs in English because they all have French accents. I think, I think, I think that's the way I remember it. Regardless, you get like any dubbed movie, you kind of get used to it. And you know, after like 20 minutes or whatever. Uh, But anyway, it's the same principle. It's like, it's like whoever made that they're like, Hey man, let's make a movie. That's like a cube, right? Let's do the same thing. Cube does, which cube, if you've ever seen cube, Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a really good movie as far as, hey, here's how you make a movie on a budget. Every scene in the movie, every room in this giant cube was the exact same room. They just did camera tricks, right? Like, they're not really entering a new room. Uh, mm-hmm. It was brilliant. And it's cube is very 90s. I think it came out mid-late 90s, and it looks like a 90s movie. It, it actually looks like the Leprechaun 4 set, for fuck's sake. But... They don't they don't go beyond their means, so it's very effective. It's not like they try and do a whole bunch of fucking crazy shitty CGI. But uh, anyway, I think Cube's great. They kind of do that with this, where you can tell <laughs> it's it's about a prison. And basically uh there's fucking hundreds of little rooms that are all stacked on each other, right? Mm-hmm. It's and there's a platform that delivers food. Right. One time a day to each platform for like, I don't know. They never say how long, but let's say a minute. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, they could have done a cube thing where it's the same fucking room, you know, and when they're going up and down, they just, you know, they're just sit- changing the set. Anyway, I-, I just feel like somebody took a cue from that. But anyway, the movie itself is about uh, hierarchy and, and society shit. So basically every month you randomly they, they drug you somehow and then you wake up and you're on a new random floor of the prison. Right. And it's totally at random. So and the movie's about basically the food, they prep it at the top and it's a huge banquet. But, you know, let's say you're on any floor higher than like uh, the, the 50, 50, right? If you're sub mm-hmm. 50, there's never any food left over because everybody in the top 50 levels doesn't give a shit about anybody in the bottom. So they never leave them anything. Yeah, they, so there's like enough food for everybody, but it's it's setting up that like people are evil and they're going to take more than they need. They're going to take what they want and they don't give a shit. They're going to overeat and shit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole fucking thing. But, you know, um, the people that the people that are suffering and they go like a month on the fucking 200th floor and not eating, they they might get lucky and then they might wake up on the 49th level where they have some fucking just almost worthless scraps to eat in there. But the thing is they don't learn because everybody kind of experiences it. And even if they've seen what the bottom's like and they get lucky and be on the top, they're like, fuck every man for themselves. And they'll shit on the people lower than them anyway. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's one of those. Now my opinion was the movie's okay. Um, I don't think it's great. Uh, I think it's the, the, the subtext is too on the nose. It tries a little hard. Like it's, it's, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, it's just like I mean, from fucking the first five minutes, you know exactly what you're in for with this movie, and they really hammer it home. Like, okay, I get it. It's like it's thick. Uh, it's not as good as a Snowpiercer or a, a Parasite or whatever. This movie is fucking right in your face with it. Like, we get it. Mm-hmm. We, we, I know who you voted for, right? <laughs> Type of thing. Uh, anyway, but it's it's fine. It's all right. It's not great. I would watch one of those movies we're talking about rather than that. But what else you seen? Oh, I watched that fucking that new documentary on Netflix called Have a Nice Trip Adventures in Psychedelics. 
Oh, okay. See, me and Mac, we uh, we did our first Dank to Dust commentary. Uh, he brought some Wheaties over, and we did it, and we did fucking, uh, we did a, a commentary that you'll hear someday. It's going to come, baby. And then after we finished, we went in there, and we watched that, and uh, it was okay. Like a 6 out of 10. I see. And I've been watching TV shows. I, 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 I like I'm on season three of Ozark. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, I got to watch that, man. Uh, I still haven't jumped on board. I tried watching one episode and it was just so fucking dark. And I guess that's the way the show's supposed to be. And I'm like, I can't fucking see shit. I was like, yeah, I can't see nothing. It's got the guy from Arrested Development in it. And uh, yeah, at first, uh, like I was like, I, I don't buy him in this fucking dramatic role. He's too much of a fucking uh, funny guy. And then uh, like uh, the first see, like first episode, there's this there's this part where uh, like uh, something happens at his job and the shit hits the fan. And I'm like, I don't believe this at all. I don't believe he's uh, scared for his life at all. But then, you know, as the seasons go on, he gets better. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um and I uh, I finished uh fucking The Deuce. Really like that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I I've talked to some people and they seem, you know, they think it declines in quality. I, the Deuce. Yeah, as far as like there's only 3 seasons. Now, I think it's really cool if you're only going to have 3 seasons that they 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 separate each season by years, right? And they kind of go through all the eras. I really mm-hmm. liked it, man. I remember I was speaking to Riverman about it, and he only wa- he hasn't watched the third season yet. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I, I didn't like the second season as much as the first season. Uh, I get it. I think I liked it better. I th- I liked it at least just as much. Um, but I think Riverman's just really partial to that early seventies fucking extra grit. Uh, but I think it's cool, and you you kind of see it on the wall, like you know that okay, watch. I, I already called it. Season three was going to be about the AIDS epidemic in the eighties. I already knew it's like, okay, they're going to jump ahead further and they, they can't talk about Times Square and all that shit and not talk about the AIDS epidemic, right? That fucking just ran amok between all this. Yeah, that was the only bad thing about the series is like, you could tell they had to hurry up and wrap it up uh, fucking third season. Well, and I was telling you, I, I, I tried, you know, briefing you on that a little bit too, but it's hard to fault the show. I think they did the best they could with what they had to work with because, like I said, they gave them a warning shot. They said, hey, look, they're not going to renew you, so, but we're at least we're going to give you one more season since you know you have a really good fan support, but it's just not getting the numbers we want. But the people that love you, love you. So you get what one. What did you think of that last episode? Uh, the last episode was uh, – was was fine uh the whole like the way it ended and he's in modern day and shit and he's seeing all his gold yeah. ghosts yeah yeah and it's like it's clearly everybody he's like seeing like his brother and whatnot those are all people that have obviously died or died since the you know the last time we saw him back in the 80s um and then anybody you don't see like you don't see david crumholtz the director i think we're just supposed to assume he's still alive just like Franco is. Uh, and then you see, I, I had to do a double take, but that was his old fling that he passed on the streets in modern day talking on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like she's like a lawyer or something. I assume now, but I really like the show. Like I said, I, I really wished. Who was your favorite character? Like favorite arc. Uh, oh, f- really quick on the topic of arcs. That's where it suffers the most that they only had one season. All these really big events were happening to these big characters. We had grown to like or hate and they were just kind of getting brushed over. Like when the, uh, mm-hmm. what that main uh, hooker that turned into a porn star when she just killed herself. She's probably, uh, oh yeah, that, that one. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was kind of sad. I didn't want to see it. it. It was, but like I said, since they were so rushed, they were trying to tie up all these ends on these characters, these arcs they started, but they were really just expediting it. Like there wasn't 
you know what I mean? It was too fast. Like, mm-hmm, I think yeah. if they had a couple more seasons, her killing herself would have been more of a thing. It would have woven itself into other things a little more, but they just kind of like, okay, done. She's wrapped up. He's wrapped up. Frankie, Frankie dying could have happened like, you know, season four and then went on like another three seasons, you know? Yeah, exactly. And Frankie dying kind of sucks, but yeah, no, all of it. Like I just, and like I said, I don't fault. I think the guys who did that show, it's the same people that did the wire. So, like I said, it's it's not bad writing. It's the fact that they were doing the best they could with the fucking time they had. Uh, but what could have been? But I actually liked season three and how they explored the whole porn- pornography industry explosion where it became Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's kind of cool. The whole vivid entertainment and doing, like, the fucking conventions and, you know, and the stock. I like how it became all about, like, the track suits and just I liked watching the fashion change and shit, too. It was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal was probably my favorite uh, character arc in the the fucking director and everything. She had, uh, yeah, well, she had the most impressive arc. Like she really, well, everybody changed a lot. You know what? Um, the pimp. <laughs> I really liked the pimp in the second one where he was, you know, falling in love with acting, and he, and he just yeah. he just never comes back in the third season. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I did because you know he's really getting into acting and he's starting to change his character. Like he doesn't want to pimp anymore, and he was never like the most brutal. You know, he was probably the easiest of all the pimps. You know, the one I I liked how what's that? I forget their names. The pimp that was the biggest jerk, right? That got killed mm-hmm. by the the fucking brother in law, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I liked all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, and I was like, okay, I I want to see him in the 80s too and now he's like a big porn star and I guess I read up on that after I watched the series and they just straight up couldn't get him they said when we were when we were filming the show the series he was doing some like fucking play and he was tied up and he just couldn't make it so see I was thinking like the one that killed herself I was thinking like whenever season three happened they were gonna do it like oh yeah now she's living in Hollywood and she's uh she's kind of broke out in the mainstream movies and it's gonna be kind of like uh Tracy Lords a contrast thing where she finds out like, Oh, before she was having to have sex on camera. Now, like she's having to have sex to get roles. Cause in Hollywood, like these fucking scummy assholes and all that shit, that would have been interesting. But it was also kind of cool that they did it the other way. And they shined a light on how the porn industry really, really is where it doesn't matter who you were. Um, you know, you eventually kind of get old after a few years and you have to resort to doing gross shit to stay in the game. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why they say, uh, if you're new into the adult industry, don't out of the gate agree to do fucking anal and fucking double stuff anals and all this fucking heinous shit because you got to have somewhere to build up to because the lifespan of porn is what they, they say like two years a year like it's mm-hmm. nothing especially nowadays with the internet I bet you it's even lower like because they have just so many girls in droves but you know start off small like think about it uh, Mia Khalifa right you know obviously she was all over mainstream news because of how she got famous and the, the hijab and all that fucking shit but anyway uh she never, I don't think she ever did anal and she didn't do, she wasn't in the industry long. She literally did. She, she said that I think she was already done with the industry when she blew up. <laughs> she literally did. Yeah. She only did like a, a, a movies for like a month or two. And of course she probably filmed like fucking 10 in a month, but that's like all that circulates online. And she wasn't doing anal or anything. I mean, her stuff's, I imagine pretty tame compared to the stuff that's out there. And she was more about the controversy around her than anything, her character. Um, anyway, had she stayed in the industry, she would have been doing fucking grosser shit. She would have been, do- she would have had to go cause she's old. She would have to go to anal. She would have to do gangbangs. She'd have to do all this fucking extra demeaning stuff. Um, they've, they've had some pretty cool documentaries on that. Like, um, uh, the, the 
porn industry in the day and where those they are all now and how it reflects on them and and the porn industry today like uh you know like the craigslist porn like come down to miami we just need girls to do like this fucking bang how they extract girls from small towns in the midwest and it's mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty interesting stuff but i like how they explored that and just um it was interesting too. It was interesting to see how it all started and then how like anything else, Hollywood, big corporations going to get their hands on it and you kind of have to roll with the changes. You know, or you're going to go the way of Best Buy. Or not Best Buy, fucking yeah. like Blockbuster Video. You got to roll with it. I was bummed too at the end of uh, fucking Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. We uh, died. We had, she pretty much throughout the whole series wanted to like, she was building up to like, oh, I want to make real movies. I want to break out. And then she starts doing it. And then like, she she's afraid she's going to fail. So she like abandons it. And then like, whenever we get to the end, we find out, oh, she, uh, she finished it and she ended up dying. And then after she was dead, people like found it and discovered it. And it became like uh, an art house classic. And I was like, that's... That that's fucking sucks that she died not fucking uh you know not knowing that people liked it and that and that's it's really depressing isn't it because it's like mm-hmm. whatever it is you or me or whatever our passion projects are man it just like sheds a light that oh man you know what it might not ever happen and or if it does you'll never be appreciated for it. it's like all the renaissance artists they all died poor yeah, you know? like, uh, and, and the end of it, it like, is, uh, I mean, does it even matter that she doesn't know? Because that's all she did it for. Like, it, all of us just want to fucking leave our mark on the world and let people know we were here and we existed. And, uh, you know, the one day that could be this podcast for us. Like, the, they could be listening to me making goofy uh, jokes about fucking kids. Oh. And, like, that guy existed. And, uh, <laughs> God will, God, good Lord, he's dead. Thank God. <laughs> no. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I really liked it. And I think most... I've always said that I think a really good series, you can wrap it up in three seasons. You absolutely, three to five. I don't think most series should go past five seasons, but, and I think they could have did that with this, but they didn't know they were only going to have three seasons. I think had they known from the get-go, hey, this is going to be a limited three-season run, write it accordingly, they probably would have did it differently. I think they would have. But yeah, the way it it was pacing out by the end of season two, I I think it should have went five. Mm-hmm. I think, but yeah, it was, it was really, really good and a great cast. And I like, uh, I like, uh, that guy, David Crumholz, right? That's the guy I was do that live with. Right. And I embarrassed myself. Yeah. I wish we had fucking video evidence of that. Yeah. It was pretty funny. It was kind of embarrassing. Uh, but anyway, he's great in it and his character's great. And, uh, especially when they write in his weight loss, it's just like, Oh fuck, he lost a lot of weight and they just, you know, went with it. But he, we, everybody's asked him because he's been doing a lot of Instagram lives and uh, it's come up a lot. Like, how'd you lose so much weight on the deuce from season one, two? He's like, oh, man. Well, I was like, basically, he got sick. He got this uh, illness, this disease from smoking too much pot that made him. No, he's serious. He's like, it was miserable. He's like, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. He's like, but it makes you uh, chronically vomit. Like, and I, I, I was chronically dry heaving and vomit. It wasn't like a stomach flu. I was vomiting for fucking a month straight and they lost, I said, I lost a hundred fucking 10 pounds. No shit. He's like, it was, it was terrible. Um, he ended up of course putting, you know, he's, he's not like he was, but he's not as skinny as he wasn't too either, but he, yeah, it was a product of being sick and he had to quit smoking weed. Uh, he actually told a cool story, um, at my request too. Cause I, I still go on his fucking, uh, live things. Even after that video chat, I don't care. He's, he's really funny and he has good stories and he's one of these guys that, He's not an A-lister, but he's been around for years and he's worked with like everybody. So he doesn't really give a fuck. He'll, he'll be blunt about like stories and shit. <laughs> you know, who he's not an, he's not an A-lister where he's going to piss off people. So, uh, and I asked him, I said, do you have any like, 
cool stories. Have you ever met anybody? Like, give us some dirt. And he actually laughed. He says, yeah, man, he had a story about Arnold Schwarzenegger and he, he was dying laughing. And, uh, he told this story and, and at first, and it was funny after he told the story, he's like, Oh, can you guys record these? Like, <laughs> am I talking shit on people and other, you guys are going to throw out? Yeah, you could have been recording while you were on. Yeah. And anyway, he, because he, he was thinking like, ah, do I say that? He's like, ah, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. And he'll, he'll tell it anyway. Uh, but he's like, so there's, you know, there's a set, right? We're on set and Arnold comes out of his trailer and there's, I don't remember who it was, like some kind of set hand, uh, or set produ- line producer, somebody, some female, right? And he comes out mm-hmm. of his trailer and she says something to Arnold or whatever and he goes, I give you 73. And she's like, uh, what's 73? He's like, 69 with four fingers in your ass. Like, what? And he's like, it was the most fucking bizarre thing in the world. He's like, cause he was basically the rumors about him and being a womanizer. He was just backing him up because he was a big womanizer back in the day. And he had so much fucking big dick confidence, right? <laughs> but he just randomly says that to someone he really doesn't work on a professional level. Somebody he's working with. I'll give you a six, 73. You know, a 69 with my four fingers shoved in your ass. And he was just dying laughing at that. He's like, dude, I fucking love that story. He's like. <laughs> Amazing. But uh, yeah, man, that was your uh, California governor. What if he said that to uh, fucking what's her name on the set of uh, fucking, uh, you know, uh, True Lies? I don't know. Said it to fucking uh, what's her name? Oh, Eliza Dusku? No, he had a. Uh, T- Tom Arnold? No, he's his co Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> no, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> It just goes to show, I know he's had his jabs with Trump, but he's never tried to throw stones at that glass house of the, the sex uh, stuff because Arnold can't. Arnold's a great dude, but God knows, you know, everybody, he's got a reputation with that. Uh, but anyway, I thought it was a pretty funny story. Uh, do, do you want to hear what I've been watching? Go for it. Obviously, I watched The Deuce as well, not that long ago, but I watched fucking some bad movies. I watched this. I'm a sucker for movies that I find that are just like in a fucking digital graveyard that star known faces, but I've never heard of the movie. Like, I, like, I, I don't know why. Usually I would say no, but it's like, oh, I know that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm oddly curious. And I watched this movie called Don't Tell Her It's Me, and I'd never heard of it before. And it was this, I think it was 80s. I don't think it was early 90s. I think oh yeah, it was late 80s, and it was starring Steve Gutenberg. Like, what the fuck is this? And it was a rom-com with Steve Gutenberg in the lead role. His sister was played by Shelley Long. And the love interest was played by Star from fucking uh, uh, Lost Boys. Boys. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I see this fucking cover with Steve Gutenberg and fucking Shelley Long. I'm like, oh, God. Like, this just looks. And I watched it. And it was all right. It was typical rom-com fare. It was, you know, six. I, I don't mind those movies. They're fine. Beta. I don't mind some rom-coms because I know exactly what they are. They're fucking just drivel, turn your mind off. You know, I know what to expect. I watched, uh, I talked about this on BTM, but I watched Enemy because I'm going through that filmmaker. I can't pronounce his name right now. How do you pronounce What'd his you name? What would you think of that movie? I I liked it, man. Dennis Villanueva. Nueve. I the Big Spiders. Yeah. I think there's a line there. Um, I'm not somebody that... Uh, if you walked into your room at the end of the day and you saw that big ass spider, what the fuck would you? I'd shit my pants. Yeah. Well, so are you familiar with movie? That streaming thing, movie? Uh-uh. Okay. So I think it's called movie, and it's basically a streaming service that's nothing but art house movies, like obscure art house movies. And you don't get the whole library. You get like fucking 10 movies or something, and they rotate them out every 30 days. 
Mm. Um, and they're obscure. It could be some fucking movie that was made for $10,000 in Australia. Uh, it's just, it's, it's the most hodgepodge shit you can get. There's a demo that likes all that super pretentious shit. I can only take so much of it. I think uh, I really like this director. And I, I've, I there hasn't been a movie I've seen of his yet that I haven't really, really liked or I've given high more. I think I think every movie I've seen has at least been an eight by his. I li- his he's really consistent. Um, and I watched this and uh, I liked it. I think I gave it a seven. It's right on the line where if it would have gone any further with its weird ass subtext, it would have been too much for me. Because um, it's one thing to make you think, but when not no two people on this fucking earth are going to have the same opinion, I just think it's too much. I don't know. Like, I it's hard to make. Like, nobody can explain the spiders. Like, I don't even think the fucking director can explain the spiders. They've interviewed about it. I don't mind that. Whatever. You're not supposed to take everything literal. See, uh, fucking, apparently he uh, made all the actors sign an agreement that they wouldn't tell the meaning of the spiders. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, so, yeah, uh, so I if there was no meaning and he didn't know a meaning, he wouldn't have had him sign that. But, but what, but the movie didn't go far that far. You know, I still liked it because a it was super tight in pace. I think the movie was fucking 90 minutes. It was, it was not too long. A movie like that, if it would have been longer, it might've heard it. But you know, the, even though I have scratched my head as some of the shit I was seeing, uh, I was constantly engaged. There was enough tension constantly. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was a great actor. And it just it just had me fucking saying what the fuck throughout the movie. Uh, and it kept me it kept me in it. So I liked it at the end. Of, like I said, though, what I, I was thinking about it the next day. And it's just I don't know. I kind of I I like being able to form an opinion about a movie, even if it's, you know, uh, to debate but I really couldn't form an opinion on what was what at the end of it. Like I just, it was like an, I don't know, it's you know, those movie that you got to watch more than once, baby. Maybe you'll watch it again. You'll be like, I get it now. Well, you know, so, you know, there's those movies, right? Where it has the ambiguous ending. Like, did he die or did he live? Well, you decide the choose your own ending. Uh, you know, at least then I can formulate my own opinion on what I think would have happened. This one though, it's like, Okay, is it uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character? Did he was he really just dual personality? Was he a guy that was cheating on his wife, and this was representing his his double life? And it kind of and you know because you never saw it was like a Fight Club. You never saw the two in the same room without anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And then even like when the the wife of the actor brother met up with him at the school and didn't tell her who she was, you know the phone rang, but. He didn't start speaking until he turned the corner, right? So, I mean, there was all these little things that were kind of doing a fight club. And I was like, well, maybe. And the subtext would make sense. But at the end of the movie, you know, when the the good one or the, the teacher was fucking the white, fucking the brother's wife, there was still the news bit on the news that the car crash happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I guess... I guess that had to have happened. So it's like, maybe they... Or is it just another car crash? They live in a city. <sighs> possible possible i don't remember how much detail they gave on it but it was just but then that wouldn't explain what did it explain see it's so fucking confusing like there's so many things in the movie that didn't make sense where i i was following i was following the notion that it was the same person right like why the reactions he was making were not human right if you if if for example if your brother 
you just met this long lost twin. First of all, when they first confronted each other, they weren't acting natural. If you found somebody that was your long lost twin, you would be like, dude, you'd be fucking blown away. But you'd be like, well, let's go sit down and chat. But they were both acting like something was up. Like Mm -hmm. they knew something we didn't. And it was very odd. And they were socially awkward. And then the second time he sees him after the first time was really fucking awkward. He, he just, the dominant one just says, I'm taking your wife out. I'm going to fuck her and I'll bring her back and you'll never see me again. And he's just the fucking beta and he just lets him do it. See, okay. I, that's what I would have done. I'd be like, okay, call me when you're done. I mean, like, it's so fucking weird. So it made it. See, what do spiders like- do? They spin webs. They trap things in there. Did he, was his wife, was he thinking of her as like, oh, she's fucking, uh, she's just uh, like, I, I can't do anything. She's uh, fucking, she's making me hang out with her all the time. Fucking, uh, let me go. Uh, fucking, uh, you know. What was, what was the, re- she wasn't happy. The the wife of the, you know, the actor wasn't happy. And like I said, if it was just him being crazy in the dual life, did she, she differentiated the two. Cause she actually met with him as a teacher and then she clearly knew she was not fucking her husband and that she was with the brother. Right. Um, and it, it, but she was even acting weird about it. Like nobody in real life would just be like, you know what? I'll go with this. I won't say that I know who you are and you won't even let me know. We'll just kind of like unspoken, be cool with this. I, it's so weird. But what was the significance of the sex club? The weird stone cutters, fucking underground sex thing now. And then, you know, he gets the key at the end and he's going to the sex club. Like, what is it? You know, I, I, what, what's your take? Um, the sex club, it re- it represents, represents if he's, a, if he's the same person, like maybe the sex club is his, is just feeding his wandering notions and him cheating and living the stuff. But they're, if they're different people, I don't get it. It, it represents his, res- his repressed, uh, sex, uh, desires that, uh, see, uh, he was, uh, uh imagining he was another person because he, he, uh, has rape fantasies. I think he wanted to fucking rape his uh, wife, uh, I don't fucking know. It's been a while since I've seen it. We should do it's, that on an episode. Yeah, no, I wouldn't mind. It's it's a fucking tripped out flick. Uh, but anyway, and yeah, I think I need to watch it again because I think I will get something else out of it. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched Tiger King. Finally, I was like a fucking month late. I watched that too. It was a trip. I, I pretty much binge watched it. It was. Uh, you can't. You can't believe people like this existed in real life. <laughs> See, he, he didn't. He didn't crack the top ten of my crazy meter. I've seen crazier. Well, I don't think he's crazy in a malicious way. I don't. I've seen way crazier, but just weird, like well, weird he's a fucking bash shit. But uh, yeah, I've seen crazier. Like that guy I sent you a video of. He's like, oh, fucking great value, Jesus, uh, Father. Fucking uh, the uh, great value down the center is, is Jesus and uh, the Father. And uh, and uh, this is a great fruit cocktail, by the way, bro. After <laughs> <laughs> after I watched it, I was like, I gotta try that fruit cocktail. Well, after watching Tiger King and all the fucking weird videos and music videos he would make and stuff, it just made me think, you know what? Netflix needs to hire and buy the Corey G Karate Mart story and this like this weird Lucha guy. Exactly. You know what you should have done? You should have watched Don't Fuck With Cats first because it's the better uh, documentary. Well, then I no, I pro- it's probably good I watch this one first then. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I'm, I'm 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 leading up to the headline. Just just imagine I said that before, I said that instead of the other way around. Well, I, I'm looking forward to watch. I put that on my list too because when I saw this, it reminded me like, oh, Zach keeps talking about that. I watched. Uh, I liked it though. I enjoyed it. I watched Pretty in Pink. You know, just, I never saw it. The John Hughes produced classic. I 
it's it's a rom it's a teenage coming of age rom com. I it's a six out of ten. It was fine. Why did ever she never uh fucking spread her legs and revealed her uh, pretty pink though? Yeah, that's false advertisement. Bait and switch. I watched uh, the Michael Mann flick Public Enemies. You know Johnny Depp, Christian Bale. Did you ever see that? Uh no. It's recently added to Netflix. It's I gave it a seven out of ten. It was good. I liked it. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, you were talking about uh, fucking watching Joe Bob. I finally see. Here's my thing with that, dude. My shutter, the shutter app on the fire sticks. That's what I have in my house. Dude, it is fucking ass. So, and it hasn't worked in the last few days. I can't get it to fucking restart. And the, usually the trick of pulling out my fire stick, letting it refresh, putting it back in, rebooting everything that that can work. I tried deleting the app and reinstalling. It doesn't work. It will not boot the home screen. It's just, it's fucking frustrating as hell. Like I can never get the only, the best, the only place shutter is a hundred percent reliable is on PC, my PC. That's it. And it sucks. My browser, my, my Roku works good. Yeah. I mean, look good for you. But anyway, I, I was able to get on it, um, a few days back and I watched, you know, I don't, I don't watch everything in sequence. I, I cherry pick, right. I'm whatever, but I watched the brain damage one. Cause that's what I was in the mood for. Ryan Dimash. And that was that was a lot of fun. I liked it. Um, I want to watch which ones did he do on this season too? Which ones? Uh, I can't remember. There's another one I wanted to see next. Yeah, he just last night he did Exorcist Tree. Yeah, and I watched that recently, but I, I would I would watch that. Uh, I'd like to hear his commentary on it. Um, but anyway, I'll see if I can boot it up. I mean, fucking, it's unreliable. Um, we'll see what else. I watched I watched that Guy Pierce fucking movie that. Uh, Luke Besson produced a lockout movie, the one that was all controversial about, you know, that John Carpenter sued for ripping off Escape from New York and he won the lawsuit. Oh, I don't know about it. Okay. So you don't know about Okay. Back in 2012, this movie called Lockout came out. Guy Pierce, uh, and it was a, takes place in the future. Isn't he the guy that cooks food and looks like the guy from Smash Mouth or something? <laughs> guy Fieri? No. Oh. Guy Pierce was in Memento. Memento. Right. And he usually does, you know, he's more of a dramatic actor. You know, he does like, so this was an action movie. So it was kind of weird that I remember when he was the star of this movie, it was like kind of off putting like Guy Pierce. That's probably how people felt when Liam Neeson was an action star all of a sudden. Like Liam Neeson, the guy from fucking, you know, Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe for all I know, this is probably why Guy Pierce took the action role because some one of his fucking agents said, fucking look what it did for Liam Neeson's career. Right. Mm-hmm. No action. Anyway, uh, the movie I don't think did well in the box office, and it was what took all the headlines was that fucking there was a lawsuit. John Carpenter sued the fuck out of him because he said the movie was fucking beat by beat, Escape from New York, minus a couple of little changes. And then he sued him, and he won. And they had to pay. He was suing him for like two hundred grand. Him and Nick Castle, because Nick Castle helped write. Right. Escape mm-hmm. New York. So him and Nick Castle were suing for like $200,000 and uh, maybe like a uh, some kind of credit. I'm not sure. But anyway, it ended up shooting Luke Besson in the foot because if you want and I, ha- I had to watch it because I've been curious. I'm like, I'm I have to see. Is this really as bad as it was said to be as far as like a, a, a total copy? Um, and you, when it comes on, it was written by somebody else like it, screenplay by fucking Ernie Burt fucking big bird whatever and then it says based on an original story idea by luke Besson, and that's where he gets in trouble right uh because luke Besson didn't even write the fucking luke Besson did fifth element right and he did uh oh did he do fifth, i think he did fifth element and he did uh uh the professional right 
Mm. Anyway, Luke Besson is a writer in his own right, but he didn't even write this thing. Somebody else wrote the script. And John he Carpenter just, did. <laughs> but but it's just based on it, but based on an original idea by Luke Besson, who puts that in the fucking thing? Yeah. Like he didn't even write the story, like the story credit and ha- hire someone else to write the script. He just had the idea anyway, regardless. Um, uh, so I had to watch it and uh, I was skeptical because like, I know how that the copyright shit go- or sorry, uh, stuff like that goes your copyrights. You can't copyright an idea. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, otherwise we couldn't have blockbusters like Twister come out. And then six months later, sci-fi channel puts out tornado starring Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they do this on purpose and we have all these, ty- you could probably think of a million, right. These, these fucking shitty movies that come out on the heels. Uh, fucking, uh, there's a, a film company that makes their whole like business model around that. They call it Mockbusters. So when the fucking the Omen six 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 came out, the remake, they had fucking six 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 the child or something come out, so that it's it's on the fucking uh, you know at family video, and you see it, and you're like, oh, I heard about that movie, fucking Pacific Rim. They had like Pacific, uh, what something else. Yeah. Um. So I watched it, and I'm like, all right, well, is is John Carpenter just being a fucking old man about this? Like, can you really sue him? Which, by the way, it shot him in the foot. They sued him, him and Nick Castle for two hundred grand. Uh, he lost the case. But then he, um, uh, fucking, what's the word I'm looking for? Fuck. Appealed it. Or whatever. Appealed it. He appealed it <laughs> and it ended up blowing his face because he lost the, he lost the appeal and they ended up getting like 2 million from him. Mm. <laughs> and then they had to like, I had read that they now had to give him credit. So like I read that when you saw the movie now and when he got pressed for home release, it now said based on skate from New York by John mm. Carpenter, and Nick Castle. That's what I read. But on Netflix, it doesn't say that. It still says original idea about Luke Besson. But apparently, they got fucking extra paid when he uh, appealed. But um, I watched it. And uh, I don't know. I think it's... I, I could see where John Carpenter was coming from. But like, I don't think I would have bothered suing. Because where do you draw the line on that? Mm-hmm. Right? Because... He was getting them on actual story beats. So he should have done the same thing for fucking Friday the 13th. They admitted that they were just ripping off Halloween. Well, so here's the thing. Yeah, that's and that's exactly the example I used. I'm like, well, if he can sue for this, Friday the 13th could have been sued by Halloween. Um, but he came. I get it. He's there's more to it than that. Like it's more story. Beats. This movie. Maybe he ran out of fucking PlayStation 3 uh, money and wanted to buy some new games. It is it is a lot closer, but I I don't know, man. I still feel even if though it's it's really borrowing a lot, I still feel like once you fucking change names and change this and that, like you can't fucking I don't know. But here's here's the similarities, right? So Escape from New York, they've turned uh, the island, you know, New York into a prison colony, whatever, just fucking send all the riffraff over there, and he has to go in there and, and rescue the president, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got that thing that's going to kill him if he doesn't, right? Okay. This one, the space is is, is a space colony in outer space. So, it's like Alien 3, right? So, it's not New York. It's in, it's in outer space on a ship or something. Um, but it's still same concept. And he's not saving the president this time. He's saving the president's daughter. <laughs> so, there's beats like that. And, uh, fuck, I want to even say the similarities in, like, See, they the- could, fucking uh, Resident Evil 4 could have sued him. 
fucking alien could have sued him because it takes place in space. But there, but there's more than that, right? Because you know the same guy that briefs him is interested in this briefcase. Uh, there's a briefcase that has some uh, weight to it. Uh, briefcase, Dumb and Dumber, fucking Fairly Brothers sue him. But I, I, I kind of see where he's coming. Okay, I see where he's coming from. Like he really did take the blueprint like a lot. But I'm really shocked they won the case. That's all I'm saying. But it's it is kind of like shitty. Um, and even they try to make him a snake Plissken. dude. Fucking guess what the first scene in the movie is. The it, this I, I rolled my eyes. The first scene of this fucking lockout movie is him getting pulled in. He oh did I mention he was in prison, mm. and he's he's saving the president's daughter this time to get his freedom. Right? What does that sound like? Escape from New York. Uh, but anyway, the first scene they're pulling him in. You know he's in lockdown or whatever, and they're propositioning him right. And he comes in and he's got the cigarette. <sighs> It's the same. It is the same fucking scene, dude. And he's like giving the one liners like like he's Snake Plissken, but he's not giving them as good. The dialogue is kind of hokey. It's like, I don't know. It's not It's, it's kind of fucking try hard. Um, but that's what he sued him for. It's like the beats were the fucking same. It's like, what the fuck? Even the characters. It's like the setups were the same. They basically just took a skin. They changed the skin. They put it in space and they changed the president's daughter to the from the president to the president's daughter. Um and there was bits of other shit in there too. Like there was like mixes of other movies too. But I, I mean, with that said, uh, the movie was a five. I mean, it was like an hour and a half long. It was action, but it was PG 13. I think if you're going to make mindless action movies, make them R rated. Just mm-hmm. give me, give me the fucking explosions and the guts and the blood and stuff. It's on Netflix. You should watch it and tell me what you think. To me, that would be a good cinema enema talking about escape versus New York and that in the lawsuit. And whether you think, uh, I get it. You, I'm not saying was the lawsuit justified, but or do you think <laughs> you think you're surprised he won the lawsuit? Right? Where is that line drawn? Mm-hmm. That that might be my next choice when it's my choice again to do uh, you know, a detailing on that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, sorry, we're kind of going long here. Let me just uh, what else did I watch real quick? I'll just wrap it up real fast. Uh, I watched Invisible Man, like I said. Um, yeah, we should talk about that one because uh, what did you think of that? I liked it. I, I, I after I I went and rated it, and I saw you didn't like it as much as I did. But yeah, I thought it was decent. You know what? I thought like they fuck, they really fucked up uh, that last act because uh, like something uh, okay happens. You you're like okay, that's satisfying enough. And then like they they prolong the movie another twenty minutes by throwing in something completely unnecessary. You know you know what I'm talking about? Uh, are you talking about the whole the brother switch around? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about that? And then, like, it ends with, like, uh, her going to the house, and, like, uh, the motherfucker didn't even admit that he was the one doing it. Like, uh, that, that seemed like it took away, kind of, like, the satisfactory uh, ending it already had. Yeah, it kind of took away, it took away the power of it. Uh, you know, I think that's what, it was her taking the power back, right? Yeah, like, the whole movie, it's, it's got, like, the double meaning of, like, the abusive relationship. So I assume that's why they did that. Like, oh, yeah, he wouldn't even, you know, like, oh, they was uh, gaslighting you and trying to make you think it's your fault. Uh, you're the one that's crazy. I, you know, uh, fucking- they're, 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 they're pulling the Andy Barkley child's play. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, which I dug. I dug that. I was fine with that. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, to me, you know what? Uh, a better movie is Hollow Man with the bacon in his cock. So I, I think, um, I think you're onto something there. I will agree. I feel like the ending, it, 
I, it was it didn't end the way I thought it was, where the Invisible Man, quote unquote, exposed himself to everybody like that, and just and uh, yeah, he had to have set up his brother. Or was like, how the fuck was he going to get out of that? Um, it was just. I didn't hate the ending, but it, yeah, it felt different than the rest of the movie. But I, let's just talk about it up until the third act, right? I dug it, and I and I liked how it had this, um, yeah, like this child's play thing where it had you like you know gaslight or even us like guessing, like what the fuck is it? Is it uh, maybe she is crazy? And then I'm like, you know what? Maybe this really is a modern take on the Invisible Man, and maybe there is no Invisible Man. Like maybe she really is fucking just uh PTSD, right? And it's really going hard on that whole like. woman abuse thing battered housewife type thing Mm -hmm. um i I don't know there was a point in the movie where i thought they could have went a couple of directions with it and i wasn't sure um but what'd you think about the approach to being modern him being like an optics i i they i don't recall them saying where it took place but it seemed like they said it in silicon valley right and he was like a silicon valley type Mm -hmm. you know uh but i i didn't mind that i kind of dug it um i thought the suspense scenes were pretty cool, you know, when she was, you know, when she was like in the house alone with them and stuff, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I don't know. I, I was teetering between a seven and eight. I'm not sure, but uh, I like it. I'll, I, maybe I should watch it again. It was just decent for me. Yeah. I rental. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, so what are you thinking? It's ambiguous. Do you think he really did? That clearly was him. Right. I mean, I guess because he said what he said. Uh, surprise. Right. And he's like, oh, that's the voice. Right. Yeah, she, he said something that made her think, and then like uh, surprise because he said when he first revealed himself invisible, he said surprise, and he walked out of the room right, and then mm-hmm. she, and he said surprise when they met up for their date again, and that's when she's like, oh, I got to go to the restroom, and we all knew that second suit she found was going to come back right, like how convenient this guy made two suits, um, yeah. Which by the way, I mean the only thing that was kind of improbable was like, bruh, like. At least go search this guy's house. She's telling all these fucking tall tales. Mm-hmm. Like, just go search the guy's house. Yeah. And 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 she clearly found that fucking weird ass suit pretty easy. And she, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, he obviously didn't get away with it for too long. But I mean, I just I don't fucking know, man. I just think that could have got remedied. I, I was noticing too, like the way the suit works. Is it, does it have a bunch of cameras around it, and then it, like it just like projects like what's behind you on on the front of you. Like, how would that work if you were in a group of, like, five people, though? There'd be some interference. You'd see, like, a shadow, like, in the midair that's not supposed to be there and shit. I get, You're I not know. supposed to think about that, though. No, you're not. I, I appreciate that it did. Normally, if it was, like, Freddy Krueger, right, or something, you don't really want him to fuck with the formula. Like, don't change it. But the Invisible Man is fucking how old now? Decades and decades and decades and decades old. We've already seen the mad scientist thing. I kind of like this whole take where it's technology and it's a... a abusive whatever it's fine he was more of a malicious force i, I was fine with it overall I, I i'd watch it again they kind of remade hollow man though yeah see i've never I've, ne- I've never actually seen hollow man what a beta well you don't like the movie that much i was gonna say i think i have an extra digital code but you know i can give it to you if you want so basically what happened was i bought it because like i said when a few weeks ago they're like hey you can rent this movie vod for like 20 bucks like what the fuck i guarantee in like a, a fucking month i'll be able to buy that for that and yeah sure enough they they put it out for pre-order and it's like uh i went ahead and i pre-ordered it for 20 bucks on 4k i'm like you know what enough people love this movie and won't shut up about it i'll take a gamble and one of the perks was from best buy if i pre-ordered it it comes out next month i get a free digital a digital code now to redeem on voodoo or movies anywhere so i'm pretty sure the copy i'll get in the mail is also going to have it 
Mm. You know, so whatever, I'll have an extra one. See, that was another uh, news story we could have talked about. Fucking, what is it? Universal Studios is suing fucking AMC or something, though. Ah, uh, yeah, that whole. Fu- Did we talk about that last one? I don't know if we've recorded since then, but no, I don't know, man. Uh, I know that uh, some theaters have have started opening up. All I know is in in the Phoenix area, we have three, uh, we have three Alamo Draft Houses, and they all filed, We all went bankrupt during this. Mm-hmm. See, I found out recently that remember back in the day, whenever you'd watch a movie in the theater, and then like you have to wait like six months to like twelve months for it to come out on video. See, that was originally part of their whole agreement with the studios and the, and the movie theaters. It's like, yeah, people can come watch our movie, and uh, they have more of an incentive to now because like they know if they don't, they got to wait a fucking year for it to come out on uh, you know the digital or fucking VHS and everything. And that's one of the things like, oh, they don't have that anymore. So they're like, fucking, if you start putting them out digitally, it's gonna fuck up our whole business model, baby. Yeah, I mean, who knows, man? But uh, actually, uh, a couple other things I watched. I'll just kind of speed around them. I'm not even really going to talk about them. Before I started recording this, I watched Gross Point Blank because it was expiring from HBO. I never saw that late 90s John Cusack movie. Uh, it was a good movie, Seven. I watched, uh, what, you ever see it? No, I watched Her Smell. That also had the, what's her name from uh, fucking Invisible Man. man. The most unlikely leading actress ever. She just, she kind of really doesn't look like a leading, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was it was on HBO. I thought it was like, oh yeah, this is a fucking biopic of like uh, Courtney Love or something, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's like a original story about no one real, and like yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I gave it a seven. And like the first like half of it is kind of fucking hard to watch. Like I can see a lot of people like being turned off, and like I can't finish this because she's like, she's she's a total like asshole, and like the way it's like edited and like the music and stuff, it kind of feels like. Like, you feel really uneasy watching it. You're just kind of like a fly on the wall. You ever have, like, those bands, like, yeah, you hear about a band breaking up, and you'd be like, man, I wonder what the, what was said on that last fucking practice, you know? Like, to be a fly on the wall and hear them, like, just pull all this shit out. Like, uh, that'd be weird. It's kind of like that, the first half of it. And then, like, it fast forward to years later. Yeah, I'd say check it out. If, uh, yeah. if you got HBO Plus and want to check it out. Which, by the way, it's HBO Now. HBO Now is becoming HBO Max in a few days. Mm. Um, and basically, I, I was really confused because they before ignore HBO Max. They have HBO Now and HBO Go currently. And it's real fucking confusing for marketing. And it's yeah. like, what's the difference? Well, HBO Go, if you already pay for HBO in a cable package, mm-hmm. you get to stream HBO for free. You get a streaming. That's if you subscribe to it with Dish or whoever. If you don't have cable like me, you have HBO Now. It's really fucking confusing. Anyway, they're doing away with, I think, both of them. But they're doing away with HBO Now the one that Zach and I have HBO now is becoming HBO max. They're rebranding it because they're going head to get against Disney plus because they've acquired all the Warner brothers stuff. Yeah. And they already got like uh, an original series or they're, they're making new seasons of the boondocks or whatever. So yeah, so that's so so they're they're rebranding it, I guess just just to put a spotlight like hey, there's something new here. We got Warner Brothers. I guess you want to like make that a, a thing. So uh and by the way, if you uh what's it called uh pre-order it like, you know, if you if you subscribe to it right now before the date where it launches, you can get locked in at a cheaper rate for a whole year. So instead of 15 bucks, it becomes 12. Something worth note. Um, and it's only, I think it's only for new subscribers. And I literally just got HBO like a month ago. So what am I going to do? I'm going to fucking cancel it and get a new email and fucking get the cheaper rate. It's fucked up. I'm going to do it. Mm. But because I like it. I, I thought I thought it was for people that already had HBO now. I thought they were getting it. 
Uh, I read it. Well, no, it's going to automatically migrate you over. Hmm. Yeah, it is. So like you're, if you have it on, you, you'll wake up one day and your update, it'll update it to HBO max, but the promotion for 12 bucks a month for a year instead of 15 is only for new subscribers. I think that don't make no sense. Yeah, it's dumb. But, uh, so basically I'm going to have to create a new email in the next couple of days. Cause I, I want to take advantage. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I watched Hancock. That was pretty much what I always heard. It was, it was like a five out of 10. Um, yeah, but that fucking movie where Will Smith is making a stupid fucking derpy face on the poster. And he's got like the fucking glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I watched Runaway Train. You ever see that? You ever hear about that? Fucking Soul Asylum. Great song. Yeah, no. Uh, Runaway Train. Uh, early. Let's see. Yeah, early. What year did it come out? Uh, 85. Starring John Voight and Eric Roberts. And um, it was good. It, it, it's, it's, it's good in all its cartooniness because... John Voight plays this hardened criminal that was in lockdown, maximum security prison. Eric Roberts is also, he's a boxer that, or bro, bo, a boxing prospect that was also locked up as well. They both break out of prison, uh, and it's like fucking the tundra. And so the unlikelihood, it's like who, they're not going to break out. They'll never make it alive. They somehow beat the odds. It's kind of like uh, The Fugitive mm-hmm. mixed with, what's that Denzel movie with the train and Chris Pine? unstoppable it's like the fugitive and unstoppable before those movies together uh basically the 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 meat of the movie is is they escape and they end up hopping a train like this is their ticket out of there they they get on a train but the conductor has a heart attack so now they're on this like fucking train and it's going out of control and um, that's that's basically the meteor movie and it's enjoyable because the performances are so fucking over the top. Eric Roberts is so over the top. John Voight's over the fucking top. And it's and it is a canon movie. It's a canon film, which is interesting because Eric Roberts and John Voight were fucking nominated for Oscars for this movie. And yet it's a movie not a lot of people talk about anymore. It's just kind of forgotten. But was was Charles Bronson ever nominated for an Oscar? I mean, he Once was Upon a Time in the West or something. Once Upon a Time in the West was like a big cloud movie. He might have been. But have uh, been another canon guy. Nominated for an Oscar, but yeah, this well, this movie feels like a canon movie. It kind of does. It's 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 got some violence in it. That's just like holy shit. That's really cool. It's Danny Trejo's first movie. He's got a small part in the prison. Go figure. Uh, and he's like really fucking young uh, for Danny Trejo. Um, and but it feels like a canon movie. It's got all that eighties canon shit that I really like. But yet it's got these two guys in it. Uh, it's good. It's so funny though. I was reading some reviews on it after I watched it, reviewed it, and some guys like. Fucking hell. Both of these guys were nominated for best actor and supporting Asker when this came out. He's like, you know, did they not know what acting was in the 80s? Because it is. It's like they chew the scenery up. Yeah. Like they, they knew it was, uh, you had to be an interesting shit. Like now it's just like, uh, what, what's something nobody's watched? We'll give them an Oscar. But you know what I mean though? Like it's, it's, it's one of those flicks, man, where they just chew the fucking scenery up. It's fucking ham. And you know, most of the scenes is them on this box car and this train. And so they got to go fucking ham, man. And, but that's the beauty of it. That's why it was as fun as it was. Um, anyway, I think Eric Roberts is a national treasure. Anyway. Uh, what else? Uh, last, Oh, the last one I'll talk about. Sorry. I just fucking burped in my mouth, man. I think I threw up a little bit. Oh, that's the best. I finally watched sinister, which my review of it I put in Letterboxd was Creepypasta, the movie. Oh, you didn't like Sinister? I liked that I, first one. I liked it. I didn't know there was a sequel. Is there a sequel? Yeah, sequel's terrible. It's got a fucking guy from uh, that played Tate. Tate was in uh, Sinister, too. He was the he's cop. The, yeah, he's in the first one. Um, okay, so I watched it. I gave it a 7 out of 10. He's the main character in part two. It's not it, good. 
Is he really? Okay, so I gave it a 7 out of 10. I did like it, but it did have a little bit of that tropey fucking modern-day creepypasta shit. Like, a couple of try-hard moments. Like, okay. And, like, they even ended on a creepypasta where the movie's ending and they give you that one last little flash scare. Like, okay. Yeah, the, like they came out. That came out, like, uh, the same year as uh, fucking, uh, like, Insidious. Yeah. And people were like, oh, yeah, it's a fucking resurgence of these slow burn fucking horror uh, classic kind of movies. But once again, it it's like it, just like The Conjuring that really popularized the whole that resurgence, right? It doesn't, which The Conjuring isn't Blumhouse. It feels like it would be, wouldn't it? Is it Blumhouse? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I, Blumhouse is paranormal activity, though, right? Didn't, isn't that how they kind of like made yeah, their salt? Yeah. That, that's how they really cut their teeth on paranormal activity. But I don't just like this movie is just like the conjuring and the fact that I don't think the conjuring or sinister needed the cheap creepypasta jump scares. It didn't need it. Like it had the creepy vibe. Like why? And I get it. They're probably, that's just the demographic in the generation. Now, like people need their creepypastas. They need their jump scares, but like, and, and maybe, maybe the directors, they're our age and they're like, well, I don't want to put this shit in here, but the studio's telling us to, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need, you need to make a, go back. Like maybe they turn in the movie and they're like, Add more jump scares, Ugh, and they have to go back and post and put some stupid shit in or whatever. Uh, they don't need it. I, I I think the movie Sinister it had enough going for it. Like I was following the story, it had I can do with atmosphere. I don't need this shit. You, you let me hear creepy footsteps. Let me hear creepy voices. Don't show me a ah, a little face that comes out. I don't need it. I'm not a retard. You know, mm-hmm. I have to, you don't have to fucking spoon feed it. Uh, but anyway, I kind of have to forgive a little bit of that in modern day. Because uh, I've learned that when I shit on movies for that, I, I, I have to accept and learn that it's probably not always the creative person's fault. Like, it probably is the studios, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that shit with the Thing prequel, right? Go back and do a CGI. Like, uh, why? Well, because we're paying for it, bitch. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. But I do think that shit dates the movies to a period, right? Mm-hmm. I can watch a movie. I can watch a movie from the 90s. It's dated by the effects. I can watch a movie by the 80s. Once again, it's dated by the effects. We had stop motion and we had practical effects. I can watch a movie from fucking 2008 to 2018 and I know when it came out because it's got all that creepypasta weird jump scare shit. That's just stupid. Uh, but I liked it outside of that. Um. Yeah. So that's all we got. I think for what we've watched, this is an extra long episode of fucking uh, cinema anima. But hopefully, you guys don't mind. We'll be right back, and we're gonna talk about the movie of the hour, which is my pick. And we're gonna be talking about. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it the lost James Cameron flick, because I don't think he he only has so many movies. He doesn't have that many. But to me, it's the one they don't talk about as much as Avatar or Titanic or Terminator and even True Lies. It's like the it's like quote it's like the other one. It's like that stupid deformed cousin or stupid, you know, uncle, you know, one wants to bring up at family dinner, mm-hmm. but that's what we're going to chat about. We'll be back in a moment. Dog. It began two years ago in an unfinished nuclear power plant. It became one of the most challenging motion pictures ever made. And on August 9th, the most original adventure of the summer will begin at theaters everywhere. From James Cameron, the writer and director of The Terminator and Aliens, comes The Abyss. (laughs) 
probably shouldn't have married her then, huh? Hang on, gentlemen. Here's a bottomless pit, baby. Two and a half miles straight down. A dance of light. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I don't think they mean us any harm. I don't know how I know that. Whatever happens, it's up to us. That guy scares me more than anything that's down there. Well, we all see what we want to see. Coffee looks and he sees hate and fear. You have to look with better eyes than that. Bud, please. Do you hear me? He's coming up fast. I need to know if you're okay. You can't leave me here alone. You never backed away from anything in your life. Now fight! And we're back. So, The Abyss. Let me just preface by saying this movie's interesting in the uh, James Cameron filmography in that it kind of, I think, how would you say, it slowed down his momentum a little bit. It's this weird blip because he was on fire because he did Terminator. Mm-hmm. And Terminator, I'm not saying did like all the money in the world, but it was made on such a micro budget. It was it equated to being a big hit. And then he did Aliens, which Aliens was a smash fucking hit. And this movie came in between Aliens and T2. We all know T2 is the biggest movie that year. Huge fucking hit. This movie only pulled in like 89 million, probably worldwide. So it was kind of a bomb in that regards. Uh, but it did like win an Oscar for effects, which I think it was rightly deserved, by the way. So I, I don't, I, I, th- I think that's why it just gets overshadowed because it came between those two movies and then it ended up just getting uh, fucking Titanics and all that shit came out. I don't know, but this movie, if you watch it, and I'll talk about the plot roughly here in a second, if you watch it, it foreshadows what was to come in T2 as far as the effects, right? Mm hmm. Because this is two years before that, and it's like, damn. I mean, for 1989, weren't the effects fucking good? Mm-hmm. For 1989, dude, they're just like you could say about T2. You watch the stunts, even the practical stunts, and the CGI movies that were coming out in the mid to late 90s looked way shittier than that, right? Yeah, the whole movie is uh, shot really well. Like it looks a lot like T two. I wonder if it's the same director of photography or something. And it's and it's two years earlier. And we and you have all the the water effects of the water alien, right? It's kind of like the T one thousand. They were playing with that CGI, and it, it, my mind was blown. In eighty nine, like that movie looks better than movies that were doing shitty CGI in nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It excels. Um, now the movie, in a nutshell. Uh, there's uh, fucking a submarine. I think it's like USS Ohio or I can't remember quite what it was named, but basically they come across not an unidentified flying object, but like a submerged entity, right? Unidentified something underwater uh, and they end up sinking. So they then uh, the powers of be send the US Marines down to, I guess, retrieve them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's our movie. They're trapped underwater and it's, it's led by Ed Harris and it's got some James Cameron alumni, right? It's got, 
um, the chick from Alien slash John Connor's stepmom. Right? No, wait, she's not in it, is she? Was that her? Fuck no! Oh, they just the ex-wife. No, no, it's not. They just got so. Oh, you know what? She's not in it. They just got someone who looked like. Her. I'm like, man, why don't they get her again? Yeah, the ex-wife was not her, but it's got Michael Bean playing a batshit crazy guy, playing an a playing a a military guy again, kind of like Aliens, but he's batshit. Um, there's who else is in that fucking movie? There's there's other James Cameron alumni in it, but there's random people too, like Jay Moore. He's got a very small part, like the comedian from SNL, mm-hmm. right? That was in like uh, Jerry Maguire and shit in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's got James Cameron alumni in there, but it's also got some new people. Uh, but it's got like you're kind of surprised. Maybe he didn't want to put Bill Paxton in it, and maybe he didn't want to put the John Connor's mom because these people were just in Aliens. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would have been too much. Like we already got Michael Bean. We're good. Dick Warlock's in there. Okay, oh, yeah. Who is he? Dwight Perry. Dwight Perry. Dwight so, Perry. Dwight Perry. Anyway, so in a nutshell, they're down in there. Uh, fucking Michael Bean starts going batshit crazy. He's he's he becomes the loose cannon. That's the isolation's getting to him or whatever, and he's gonna be the Jack Nicholson, right? The fucking the go nuts dude. And oh, yeah. I I don't. I, they come to find out that the entity's not bad, right? You know, they come into contact. Ed Harris comes with it, and I, the overall theme of it is. I don't. What, what? What's your what's your take on the movie? I want to hear you because you've never seen it before. Well, I, I wrote down some uh, fucking bullet points that we could go through. I'd you. rather I'd rather you do. You're better at this, by the way, as far as bullet pointing a movie, and just I'm actually just more curious about what you have to think of it because. So yeah, the fucking uh, you know uh, the submarine at the beginning, fucking uh, you know uh, they they start seeing some weird uh, flashing lights or something, and then like uh, they hit a fucking uh, like the side of a rock that just seems to come out of nowhere, and then the fucking rescue crew is sent in, fucking Ed Harris uh, and his ex wife, and they're like uh, the you get the sense that they like uh, broke up. Or, uh, you know, divorced, uh, separated recently, but they haven't divorced yet because they keep mentioning that. Like, uh, he calls her Mrs. Whatever. She's like, not for long and shit like that. So, uh, yeah. And then, um, they get, they find the submarine. Uh, they fucking, uh, they go in and, uh, like, I, I really like the underwater scenes. Like, they, they're really, uh, pretty to look at. Like, there was a cool thing they, they had in the movie where, like, uh, I don't know. I, I missed some of it, but they were talking about like, oh yeah, uh, once you go down so far underwater, like the pressure can like, uh, make your suit just, uh, you know, smash into itself. So they gotta, they have this special liquid that has H2O pumping into it so that they can breathe. I, I don't know if that's real. Probably not. But like, yeah, it worked good enough. And there was that scene where he takes the guy's pet mouse or rat or whatever. Yeah. And almost drowns it, and it's like, uh, no, it's just, it's fucking, it's adapting to breathing in the liquid, and uh, fucking, that was donk, and then, uh, fucking, uh, yeah, um, uh, they go down there, uh, really cool underwater scenes, uh, one guy's kind of, like, worried to go looking around, so he kind of stays back, and Ed Harris gives him, like, a, a rope to tug on. If he gets scared, uh, he ends up seeing like some weird fucking lights, like really bright pink and shit lights. And so, yeah, we don't see what it is, but he gets spooked and like, uh, yeah, they come back and fucking like, uh, basically like when he's spooked, he fucking fucks up his, uh, oxygen tank. And, uh, is that the last time? Like, is it, does he die after that or what? Like, I don't remember which character that was. If he, if he's throughout the rest of the movie, which one? 
the guy that saw it originally. I think he. I don't think he died from it, but yeah. Like, no, he was like all catatonic, right? Okay. He came. He came out of it. I think he woke up eventually. Mm-hmm. And they end up thinking there's some kind of attack coming from the Russians because uh, what was it? They picked up some kind of Russian thing on the radar around the same time. Yeah, and this is and this is originally supposed to be like there's an extended version, right? Which if if you watch the HBO one, and I've never seen the extended version either, but the one that's on HBO right now isn't the extended version. The it's not. It's an hour and twenty three minutes. No, the the no, the, you mean two hours twenty three. Mm. Yeah, the the theatrical, the one that you watched, is two hours twenty three. So fucking extended must be really long. But apparently, mm. the extended version um, it uses the backdrop of the Soviet Union and United States uh, conflict even more, um, and you know actually emphasizes all out war possibly coming and the sink. Uh, sorry, it's the Montana. The sinking of the Montana, I guess, is what kind of fuels all that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I guess they also say that there's more and more conflict between Bud and Lindsay, the married couple and all that shit. But yeah, I, I, but I've never actually seen it myself, but I hear it's, I hear it's better. I hear it's the superior version, mm-hmm. but anyway, continue. So yeah, they think it's uh, the Russians. Why do they call the Russians the Kremlin? Like uh, they called them the Kremlin and I thought, man, they should have made a spinoff of Gremlins where it's the Kremlins. Well, it's, it's, it's a little fucking, uh, it's the Russian Yahoo. Whatever his name is, it's the Russian equivalent to the Pentagon. Dog. So it's just it's just like people saying that, like, oh, the Pentagon, the Pentagon did this, but yeah, it's where the intelligence is. But continue. Hell yeah, fucking. Uh, then uh, yeah, so because they think it's the Russians, uh, fucking Michael Bean's character, he uh, he like sneaks a nuke into the facility, right? Now, is it real clear? Do they do they make it a clear thing that they uh, advised him or assigned him to do that secretly? Like he's the he's the mole, like. Yeah, see, I was hoping you noticed because I watched this in two sittings, and the, like the first night, I got real tired, and this is around the time like I fell asleep. I so don't I know. I can't that. remember if that was clear or not. I mean, I think he did have orders, but who would he's did? Did they not give him psych evals? Clearly, he's fucking batshit to begin with a little bit. So why would they give that to him? I don't. How would Michael Bean just have access to a nuke? <laughs> I have to think he was probably assigned to do it. But uh, I'd have to go back and watch because I haven't seen the movie a lot for, you know, at all. But I'm trying to think. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's the Paul Reiser. There's always that guy that has the motive, right? Mm. That's just part of it. But anyway, continue. He had a mustache, too. Yeah, which is interesting. They had to they had to they had to make him be able to be differentiated from Hicks and aliens. Like, God, people are going to be like, he's playing the same character. We got to do something. Let's mm-hmm. make him a Marine or was he a SEAL or a Marine? I don't remember what he was. Maybe it was a seal in this. I don't fucking know. They were Marines and aliens, but yeah, let's give him a mustache. Oh, yeah. That's how you know he probably fucks kids. Okay. I know. I know. All right. I got it. Why do I make these jokes? I don't know. Why do you always stop yourself after you've made it? I think you need to perfect the craft of stopping yourself before you actually let it come out of your mouth. Exactly. (laughs) So the ex-wife, she gets some pictures of what looks like an alien like uh equivalent of some like underwater submarine like uh it's like translucent and glowing and like uh, obviously just like anytime uh, she doesn't get very good pictures it's just like you know just the side of it so yeah no one believes her when she shows them and we find out that a random guy in the crew oh fuck i already read that part uh yeah the fucking guy that brought the duke on the bean yeah, we got the water dick scene. What'd you think of the water dick? I thought it looked gorgeous. I mean, no, seriously, the effects. I mean, like, I've already said this, but not only 
were they just a precursor to what was going to come in T2. But also a fun fact about this flick is this is the movie that also foreshadowed Titanic because when James Cameron did this movie, he was so enamored with being underwater. It made him like realize it made him become more fascinated with the Titanic. And then he did a Titanic documentary, if you remember, that came before the movie. Right. Oh, yeah. He he directed and narrated where they went underwater and they were, you know, with the whole uh, I forget what it's called. The invention the 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 little thing that goes underwater and it's like a camera and it actually shows the footage and it's swimming. So he was part of that. And from his experience with this movie and underwater, it led to him realizing he could maybe do something on a documentary level with Titanic. And then it made him, you know, and, but the, the thought of doing a movie was kind of a pipe dream, but it eventually led to the movie too. So this was actually the Genesis of the Titanic too. And it is, it's kind of like aliens meets Titanic with T2 effects. Yeah. So now it's got all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the water dick comes in and everybody sees it, the whole crew. So they know she wasn't fucking, uh, you know, she, they know she's telling the truth now. And it like, uh, it like mimics her face. And like uh, mimics uh, Ed Harris's face, and like she tastes it for some reason. I was like, "Why the <laughs> fuck? That's gross." You don't know what that shit's made out of. It could be made out of gummies, for all you know. Yeah. And then whenever she licked it, she's like uh, sea salt. And I was like, "Oh, see, I was close." Yeah. Sea salt. <laughs> yeah. I thought she was gonna say semen, but then like a uh, fucking Newcom High guy with the mustache, he uh, closes the door on it and uh, fucking cuts it in half, so he circumcises it. And fucking like, because he thought that the, he was coming to get the fucking uh, nuke that he snuck on, you know. Yeah. So what what do you think? Uh, maybe it would have been more fleshed out if they would have had more of the war shit and the the conflict with the Soviet Union. But what's your takeaway from the theme of the movie? Do you think there is a theme? Obviously, the aliens were not uh, malicious at all. They were friends, and they they saved their lives, and they helped them at the end. I mean. I don't know. I, I have a feeling there's a director's cut out there somewhere where it turns into Rocky Four at the end where America looks at Russia and be like, if the aliens from another planet can get along with us, we can too, you know? But oh, yeah. I don't really know. But what's your what's your takeaway of the overall theme and the whole overall flick? Well, we'll get to that. I still got some fucking things. You got more bullet points? Continue. I do got some. Continue. Uh, the ex-wife and crew believe that these aliens have learned to control water and that was them trying to communicate with them. Uh, the fucking uh, the Newcomb High, uh, fucking Michael Bean, he's going deeper and deeper off the deep end. He's, he starts cutting himself and shit. Remember that scene? Yeah, yeah. Fucking, he's a cutter. You think he's listening to some dank fucking My Chemical Romance records and shit? Probably. <laughs> fucking cutter. Uh, guy comes up with a plan to shoot the nuke into where the aliens are thought to be hiding. And is that what was going on? Because he, like, steals their uh, fucking, like, other submarine. Yeah. And he starts going towards it with the fucking nuke. And so, see, I'm watching the movie. I'm like, okay, uh, there's about an hour left of the movie. This is uh, basically the rest of the movie is going to be like an action cat and mouse kind of thing. And I'm thinking like, okay, the, the rest of the movie is pretty much written. But then five minutes later, they fucking stop him and he dies. The movie's uh, pulling. Uh, it's just surprising me all over the place. Yeah. I Really quick, I before I forget, I have to correct myself. Because, you know, before I said Jay Moore had a small part. I'm mm -hmm. getting I'm getting the wrong fucking SNL guy that had a short career in the 90s. I meant to say Chris Elliott. You know, he played Woogie. Hell yeah. Chris Elliott's the guy that has a small. He's like, uh, you know, he's on the fucking Navy ship. He's, you know, he's not in the ship. He's, you know, and yeah, he played Woogie. My bad. And he was in those fucking Tostitos commercials in the late 90s. Remember those? 
Okay. Anyway, mm. that's what I meant. Continue. See, the, the, they, uh, they get in another fucking, their only other submarine thing to go chase them. And yeah, they fucking, they, they stop them and shit. And then, uh, the, one of my favorite parts of the movie is a scene where they're stuck in the capsule and it's flooding. So, uh, the guy, they only got one of the suits, and uh, so the, they they fight over who's going to wear it. This is like where they start getting along, and uh, the ex-wife and husband, and uh, yeah, so basically uh, she makes him wear it, and she's just like, yeah, let me drown, and then like, you can take my body back, and like, you know, it won't, it shouldn't be that long, you'll be able to revive me. And then I noticed, like, uh, why why does he wait till she drowns to start going? I would he should have just grabbed her, and start going. Maybe maybe <laughs> she didn't have to be uh, unconscious that long. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, yeah, she dies, and he brings her back with the power of slapping her and yelling at her <laughs> and calling her a bitch. Yeah. So yeah, like uh, all you guys, like you get in trouble. Like the cops come, just just say that. Like you know, all you domestic abusers out there. So yeah, <laughs> I, I put insert domestic abuse joke, but I had a funnier one uh, planned, but I forgot what it was. I should have just wrote it down. So yeah, fuck it. you think like uh, that gives people false hope though? Like uh, some guy, he's like, "Oh, could you save my dad's life?" And he's like, "Yeah, I tried this uh, doctor." Like uh, fucking, oh, we lost your dad. But did you try everything? Yeah, I tried this and this and this. But did you try fucking guy uh, calling him a bitch? You try uh, yelling at him about how he never ran away from anything. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, uh, so, yeah, because the Russian guy, uh, he took the machine. Uh, so now Ed Harris, he has to fucking basically. Uh, now, what was the, what was his point of uh, going down like fucking all those, you know, floors underneath sea level? Uh, did they just want to get like a like another picture of it to for proof? That the aliens are... Maybe they didn't have much choice. I mean, like, they weren't going to fucking get out of there otherwise. Weren't they running? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I can't quite remember, to be honest with you. Yeah, he, he takes the camera, but then the, the camera breaks halfway down, but he just keeps going. So, yeah, like, uh, he, he comes all the way down. And, like, uh, they give him, like, you know, what they have left of the oxygen and the liquid. And uh, fucking, uh, yeah, there's this big, like, uh, scene where... Uh, He's going down. They realize he's going to run out of the liquid like halfway down. So they're telling him like, just, you know, come back up. And he's like, no, fuck it. I'm just, I'm just going to go. Uh, and then so they have like their little moment where the, you find out they still, the woman still loves him and shit. So yeah, he uh, finally gets down. He's laying there at the bottom looking like he's getting ready to fucking die. And he sees uh, a bunch of lights and, uh, Basically, like, uh, I guess this is kind of the spoiler. Do you want to just talk about the ending? Yeah, go for it. And by the way, I'm reading more about the, the extended cut that I think does flesh out the overall meaning of the movie. But go ahead and t- tell it as you know it, and I'll, then I'll elaborate. All right. He's he's sitting there. He sees the lights, and he sees, like, a jellyfish-like alien creature that picks him up, takes him through, like, uh, like deeper down into the, you know, underwater, and he sees, like, a, a space station type of thing. It looks like something out of Halo. And they put him in a room that separates the water, which is pretty cool, CG effect. And uh, so now he can breathe and shit. And, uh, like, he sees a couple other jellyfish alien creatures, and they seem impressed that he made it that far, you know down there and like they uh 
he like uh we don't know if they can communicate because like all they say to him is like they just like give him like little nuggets of things he was sending to the wife mm-hmm. like uh like he, he said like oh yeah this is a uh, you know i knew i wouldn't make it back up or whatever i forget what it was exactly but then it cuts to the next day when help has come like the rescue uh like the rest of the crew and everything the fucking uh rescue ship and they think ed harris died because he didn't like have enough oxygen to make it uh, but he sends them a message saying he's on his way with up. With some friends and, or something. And he's bringing friends, yeah. So they end up coming up with the entire underwater Halo space station. And, uh, you know, it's a movie. You know it's a movie because the rescue ships didn't, their first instinct wasn't to kill the aliens. <laughs> and uh, Ed Harris comes out and he kisses the wife. And they call each other Mr. and Mrs., uh, implying that they love each other again. And, uh, yeah. That's uh that's uh the movie in a check, nutshell. Check out the on the extended cut. This is what was different about the ending or extended about the ending. All right. So it says here, uh the primary according to Wikipedia, the primary addition in the ending is the ending. When Bud is taken to the alien ship, they start by showing him images of war and aggression from news sources around the globe. The aliens then create massive mega tsunamis, new tsunamis that threaten the world's coasts, but stop them short before they hit. Bud asks why they spared the humans and they show Bud his message to Lindsay. So it's, so I guess in this version, the aliens, I don't know if they're malicious, but they're almost more like God, right? And fucking Noah's Ark. Like getting rid of the mm. earth because it's just terrible, a terrible place. Um, yeah. That And I guess and I could see maybe they got if they're going to cut it down and get rid of the more backdrop of the conflict between Soviet Union and, and America. I guess it makes sense to cut that out of the ending, too, because then whatever, it just seems kind of shoehorned in. But uh, but that but that's cool. I think that makes a little bit more sense of it. And I guess then they, those messages like, oh, basically, Bud shows that humanity has hope, I guess. You know? mm. But uh, yeah, that's. That makes it, uh, yeah. He, so more he, he uh, by total, you know, to, by total absence there, he he saved the world because they went down there and Bud went down there, uh, you know, and they were probably just gonna fucking blow the earth to shit with their tsunamis, and who knows? <laughs> maybe they were. Maybe that also insinuates that that fucking alien life form that's been down there and that ship has been responsible for all the tsunamis, even the one that happened to fucking Asia in the fucking two thousands, right? When you two did that fucking save the world song, right? Yeah, so uh, that, that's like my last thing. I I was gonna mention like, oh, if if every movie has like you know a moral, what do you think the moral of this movie was? The moral's more clear in that version because uh, if you think about it, if they would have went down and they still would have been fighting each other like they were at the beginning of the movie where they just hated each other, uh huh. Those aliens probably would have fucking uh, nuked the shit out of us. Yeah, exactly. They would have been humanity's punishment like the great flood or or whatever um yeah it's very very interesting i don't maybe that's why uh they say it is the definitive version i think i would like it better i kind of want to watch that one now mm-hmm. so like the moral is kind of like oh yeah there's always hope for uh us a, a, a fucked up uh, creatures yeah or or uh maybe don't don't let the whole bunch spoil. Like there's good people out there. Don't let the fucking governments in the greater whole. You know what I mean? There's, there's hope mm-hmm. in, uh, the individuals, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, I kind of want to watch that ending though and see how it plays out. Cause it seems much, much better. But with that said, what'd you think of the flick overall? Like what's your opinion? In my opinion, really quick, I don't think it's 
as top tier as Aliens or Terminator or T2 or True Lies, but it's now, good. Yeah, see, when you were telling me about it, for I guess I just misunderstood or misheard you. I was thinking you were calling it the lost fucking, uh, you know, uh, fucking George, what's his name? George <laughs> James Lucas? Cameron. James Cameron. I was calling George Lucas. James Cameron, I thought you were talking about, like the lost James Cameron classic. So I was going into it expecting like, oh, this I'm going to like this as much as T2. But yeah, I, I, I liked it. Uh, I give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I give it a 7 too. Whereas like, you know, uh, Terminator 1, 2, and True Lies, these are 9s and 10s, right? These are, and mm-hmm. Aliens, these are 9s and 10s. So it's not as quite as good, but... Uh, maybe it's because like all his other movies are action, and there's this one's really not action. <laughs> it's not an action movie. Yeah, that's also different. Well, Titanic's not action either. But um, I would be interested in seeing this extended version to see if it helps wrap things up even better. Maybe, maybe it might. Uh, maybe it might go up a little bit. But I like it, and I think the effects, and I think it James Horner does the music. I believe just like he did in Titanic and shit. I think he does, mm-hmm. and the music's great. And just just like T two, just like all these flicks, dude, it's it's years ahead of itself because mm-hmm. it looks fantastic. It looks fucking great. I don't to think. I'm trying to think of other movies that came out in 1989. Sometimes I watch movies and they feel like they came out ten years earlier than they did. What movie did I watch not that long ago? And I swear it looked like it fucking came out. It was like a movie that came out in 1982, but it looked like a movie that came out in 1970. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if people are just like on a budget and they shoot on fucking old ass equipment. Evil Dead was made in 78 or 9 and didn't come out till 82 or something like that. Yeah, well, that was actual delay. Sometimes they just hold them over. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I like it. It's definitely a flick that has some merit and I don't, nobody ever talks about it. But I think, uh, I guess I can see why it's not talked about as much as like fucking, uh, you know, his bigger, you know, uh, more well known stuff. Well, it just didn't, it, this, like I just read, did 89 million worldwide. Like that, mm-hmm. it just it just didn't do the numbers. Anything else did, but then again, who knows? Um, maybe had he not followed it up with his only sequel ever in T two right after, right? Uh, I just I think it suffers because it was sandwiched in between Aliens and T two. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I I think, and then after T two we had True Lies, and then we had Titanic. I don't know. I I just think. Uh, oh, on the uh, on the IMDb, it's listed as two hours and fifty one minutes. That must be the extended version. Wow, that's fucking thirty minutes longer. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely insane. That's a mm-hmm. lot. That's that's really long because it is kind of a slow. It's not action. It's because it's kind of a slower movie. So I don't know, man. Like uh, I don't know if three hours would be too long for this movie. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I still want to see it though. The story though. Uh, Anyway, I dig it. It's worth checking out, at least for the visual effects. It's fucking awesome. And it also reminds me, it's just one more thing. Like, man, that's, this is another movie Michael Bean was in. I mean, even though he was a pet to fucking James Cameron, it's kind of a shame this guy fucking shit his career away. Because he's one of those dudes that was getting by on his looks, right? And mm-hmm. I guess some sort of charisma, I guess if you want to define it as that, because he's not a great actor. Right. Well, he's amazing. But he's just one of those guys, man. And you watch a movie like uh Avatar. And uh what's 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 his fucking name? Is it Stephen Lang? Am I getting his right name right? Is it Stephen? Uh I never seen Avatar. Okay, I well, started it. Okay, once. well, you know uh fucking what's that song uh with uh, money, right? And he pisses on the floor. Mm. Don't breathe, right? 
Yeah, the the bad guy in that, the blind guy. Is his name Stephen Lang? I don't know why I'm getting it wrong. I forgot. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Oh fucking, is it? It's driving me crazy. I'm probably getting it wrong. But Lang, right? Stephen Lang, whatever his name is, he played the villain in Avatar, and the way he's dressed up and the way he looks, it just looks like it was written for Michael Bean. He looks like mm-hmm. Michael Bean, and I'm like, I have a feeling Michael Bean is just a drunk, and they just. He could have been in this role if he just stayed straight, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't fuck his career up. Uh, but yeah, uh, and I same thing. I mean, obviously, there's the stories about fucking James Ramar, and he had the he was casting aliens and all that shit, and he blew it away from being a fucking junkie boozer too. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Would you fuck Michael Bean? No, I saw him at Casey Crypticon Riverman like five or six years ago, and he looked like he had been weathered for wear. Uh, but you know, I, he was a nice enough guy. He was wearing an ascot, like fucking Don Knotts. It was kind of weird. But what's an ascot? An ascot with Don Knotts always wore on Three's Company. I can't picture it. that weird little scarf thing, that little fucking fruity ascot thing that Don Knotts oh, always wore. Okay. okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I saw uh, he literally went from doing movies like Tombstone, like all the way up to Tombstone, right? Mid 90s. He was still getting work. And then he started just doing those Christian movies. You know, it's like, oh, okay. He <laughs> he became one of these guys that's just pay me and I'll do whatever. He was in this movie called Megiddo, which is the Omega Code 2. The first Omega Code starred uh, Casper Van Diem of Starship Troopers and Michael Ironside, I think. And then it, it's pretty funny, man. It's got, it's, it stars Michael Bean in the protagonist role. It's about the end of the world. And then uh, the second coming of the devil uh, on Earth, right? And uh, is played by Michael York, a.k.a. Basil from fucking Austin Powers or the guy from Logan's Run, right? It is shit, Austin. And it's just a, it's fucking over the top, man. Uh, we should have, man, that almost sounds terrible because I, I don't want to like make fun. It's it's just like Christian music. Look, I, I'm I'm a Christian guy. I don't. Want, I'm not making fun of the religion, but Christian music. Come on, it's it's a fucking industry, is it not? It's it. I even kind of have to laugh at the South Park episode, the Christ plus one, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a weird industry that exploits something. I think for money, like everything else, and that those movies are the same way. Those those movies they put out just for the. It's, we watched Surviving Saving Christmas, Kurt Cameron, right? And then you have. Mm-hmm people that go to Christian church, they see movies like this. And they're like, they, I was like, this is just, they make movies for us and we appreciate it. I'm like, why? Like, even as a Christian, I'm like, if, if this is what they're making for us, I'm offended. Cause it says we're dumb and stupid. And <laughs> they're amazing films. You know what I mean? Cause the movies are so shit. <laughs> I'm like, you can't do better than this. Saving Christmas is terrible. It's fucking ridiculous. And it, and I don't, and, I, and it comes off as to somebody that's not like of, of the Christian faith, it comes off, all it does is solidify all their notions about the Christian faith. Cause it comes off like Kirk Hammond drinks Kool Aid, right? Drinks the funny tasting Kool Aid, and it comes off kind of culty and weird. It does. It's fucking whacked. So, and then, so I, I get a trip out of watching some of those old movies. There's this one fucking movie, man, starring uh, fucking Gary Busey and Howie Mandel. That's uh, ridiculous, too. Uh, it's super fucking ridiculous. So they're kind of entertaining, man. I think we, like I said, I don't want to be offensive because it sounds like I'm saying Christian exploitation, but Christian movie exploitation month. 
Because they're freaking ridiculous, man. And technically, we've already got it with, uh, you know, Kirk Cameron started. So, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, Yeah, so Zach and I, I think the first time, I think we've, first time we've ever agreed on a a Cinema Enema on the same score, 7 out of 10. Do you have any idea what you want to choose for the next one? Oh, see, I wanted to do uh, Coffin Joe, but uh, I don't know if I should do because I, I like the second Coffin Joe the movie the best. But yeah, I don't know if you could just watch it not seeing the first one. So I, I, I uh, what do you think? Ta- you Tasmanian think should... Devil. Oh yeah. So you saying what? Well, you, should we do it both? You want to do a series? Oh, um, I... I mean, you're gonna maybe do that's a lot of homework. But I guess I'd have like a month to do it. Um. Uh... I guess I could uh, pick. Uh, yeah, we could do the first one. Okay, so because it's actually a trilogy, but I I don't remember liking the third one. It took like that one came out like way more recently. Okay, so I uh, and I like this idea I came up with, and it and I don't really. It's kind of an idea we came up with a long time ago, but incorporating it to this show is the best way to do it. I already know what my next choice is going to be. So after we're done doing Coffin Joe, I want to have the Hellraiser two, one and two discussion, and and we're changing formats because we've already seen these movies. But like, it's perfect. And we also had the idea of having an actual discussion on the Alien three versions, right? Mm-hmm. That's also great too. The, the director's cut and the and the theatrical cut or the producer's cut, whatever they want to call it. I wonder if I should just do the whole trilogy then. You could. I mean, is it going to be hard to get through them, or no? Is it pretty reasonable? I mean. I like the first two. I don't. I don't remember much about the third one. Yeah, I mean, so I guess uh, it, it could be the only time we do a movie that we like. Yeah, if we like a movie we don't like is if we do like a trilogy of them, and then like we because we we never picked a movie we don't like yet. Okay, right? so we always pick movies we like. I mean, I, I'm down. I mean, like I said, if I got a whole month to watch them, I'll just have to start shipping away. You got to get them in the box or something. I mean, they're probably not available. They're not on like Shutter or anything, are they? Uh-uh. I doubt it. Yeah. So if you get them in the box, I'll try and get to watching them. Um, and so, yeah. And then I, my next choice will be, we'll have a discussion. And you know what? I would like to bring on a guest for that one even, because maybe that one will have to be a little bit formatted differently. Maybe we won't spend so much time at the top of the hour and we'll just have a nice round table discussion about it. Uh, maybe we'll bring mm-hmm. someone in like Josh James or a fucking goat would be great. Mm-hmm. And we'll just talk about it. Um, and then I could see myself, like I said, I think the alien one should happen eventually. Cause that one, you could just fucking talk and nauseam about the two differences. And I also think, uh, I honestly think a good one would be talking about, uh, the, uh, Holy Trinity of Hen and Lauder movies, right? Basket case, brain damage oh, yeah. and Frankenhooker. Right. Because I mean, I know mm-hmm. after that, it's like passes. Those are his three. I know he did sequels to basket case and he did bad biology later on in the two thousands, but like, it's all about those first three. That would be fun. He's got a movie that he's had planned since uh, like Bad. written as his second movie to do after the original basket case called insect city that he can never get funded. I was, I wonder what it is. Apparently it's just the most disgusting thing. That's why it's so hard to get people to want to fund it. Well, and it, and the re- and what actually gave me the idea about talking about all three of them like that as a piece, well, mixed with Zach proposing we do that with the show, is when I was watching the Joe Bob one, and you know Darcy was saying how she was a Frank and Hooker fan, and how you know, and, and Joe Bob even said most people say brain damage is the best, and he, and he was a basket case guy, and it's like, oh, well, there you go, it's pretty divisive, right? On who's mm-hmm. got a favorite, I'm like, this would be a perfect discussion, so. uh I think we should do maybe that'll maybe I'll even reserve that before being my next choice after the fucking Hellraiser thing. So 
Dog. This is the first time in the world we've been this planned out on Cinema Anima. But anyway, we'll close it up. So if you guys are new to the channel, please like the video. Uh, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, like hit the notification bell so you guys get uh, alerts whenever we put something new. We put shit up every single week. Check out our backlog, Revival House Network. We got this show. Currently, we're doing it once a month, but every single week, we do the BTM commentary. It's kind of our bread and butter. Mac also, sorry, Zach, yeah, Zach hosts Mac and Zach Save the World with uh, his cousin, Zach, Mac. Um, we got, uh, well, what are you laughing about? You fucked that all up. I fucked it up, man. Yeah, I mean, oh, you guys fucking names rhyme, man. What can I say? Zach has Mac and Zach save the world. Uh, they do commentaries as well. It's more slapsticky, a little, little bit more off the, the rails. Like they do drunken commentaries a lot. And sometimes they just go fucking to shit, which, you know, if you want to talk about, uh, <laughs> the one that i guess isn't gonna make it if you guys listen to the btm commentary he's been talking about like yeah we did spaced invaders and you guys gotta listen to it let me know if it's good enough to put up which is uh i think on paper you might say well if you have to ask it isn't but no the we we're very tough on ourselves critically so a lot of times when we think something shit we'll put it in the vault because it's not good enough and we'll talk about it and then eventually people will ask to like come on we want to hear it and then we'll put it out like a year or two later and then we'll be like oh this wasn't very bad at all um but i listened to it and my opinion was the first half man the first 45 minutes is is great i'm like oh he's he's drunk he's because he was drunk out of the get-go i'm like but he's not like incapable he's he's funny drunk and then something happened from like minute 45 to like minute 50 like like an over like over a course of a minute where he just got fucking stupid drunk and he he couldn't even talk and he was fucking just i don't see and shit <laughs> and and there was really no conversation going on. It was real fucked up. So the first half is really funny. And then the second half, minus the prank calls to the sex line, like stuff like that's funny. Like I I my suggestion to Zach was I mean, you could put out the first half and you could maybe record a new intro that explains why it's not the movie's not finished. And then you could even put as like an Easter egg, the phone call, like splice that out on the end too. And you might still have an hour long podcast. And I think it's still serviceable in that route. And it's actually funny if you put a new bookend on it explaining, Hey, guess what? We got super shit face. So you're going to notice this fucking thing ends about <laughs> fucking 45 minutes into the movie. Um, uh, and then it's something, but the last fucking half is just, there's just nothing there, man. But oh, it was amazing. What are you going to do with that? Because like I said, you have enough there to get like an hour podcast if you wanted to. And it's it's funny. But just not all of it. I would I would edit it. I would be like, because you guys have put up movies that you haven't finished before, right? Uh, Just once. It was, How was this any different? Just be like, yeah, we got too fucking drunk and we stopped the movie like 45 minutes in. <laughs> But we're giving you that 45 minutes, plus we're going to give you some behind the scenes. We're going to give you the fucking prank call, the fucking sex line, uh, and all that shit, because that stuff was pretty funny. Like I said, I think you got an hours of material, at least, so it's up to you. But anyway, we got a whole bunch of shit on there. Uh, we got uh, Deep End with myself, Aaron Lipscomb. Those are a little less frequent, but we have a bunch of shows, but we get shit up every single week, and we've been out for fucking... A decade now, man. So there's just tons and tons of backlog for you to sink your teeth into. Um, what else? If you like, if you're 
not new to the show and you already established that you like us and you feel like supporting us, uh, Zach and I did create a Patreon at the worst fucking time in the world, like literally like the week of the fucking pandemic. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty shitty. But you know what? I'm not even going to try and sell it. If you guys want to check out the link below, uh, see what we got going on there. And please give us feedback because we're new to it and we launched it at a real shit time. Uh, we have ideas of things we can give you for extra support, but let us know what you want because we're yeah. just a couple of few dudes. Um, you know, we want to see what you guys really want, where the time is really valued and and we'll and we'll fucking do it because uh, we're happy to do it. We've been doing a lot more lives lately, and I'd like to incorporate that even more. Uh, and check that out too, man. We go live. We'll do game playthroughs. Sometimes we'll we've done a couple of live movie commentaries. I want to start making that a regular thing, uh, like as part of the Patreon. But we want to be able to get to a point where we can give uh, Patreon uh, and even the fucking mainland, even the free shit, more content. Right? Mm -hmm. If 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 our time could be accounted for. Fuck, man, I would love to give an exclusive commentary, whether that's extra BTM commentaries for patrons, even once a week, or if it's a whole new type of show, I would fucking love to be able to have the time to do that. Um, anyway, if you guys would also like to, we have Teespring. That's another way if you guys want to support. Uh, linked everywhere, obviously. Uh, if you guys buy a shirt or something like that, uh, you know, I, Zach, I, I wonder if, I wonder how many, uh, how much money we have to rake in there. Cause it's like an unlocking system. Like when you buy it, when you get, when you make so much money or so many sales, you unlock these, like now you can have socks and now you can have this. I wonder how much income we gotta, we gotta pull in for them to, you know, okay. Like Zach's fleshlight, like his asshole pocket ass. Oh right? yeah. A cock sock. The, the co cock sock <laughs> or, uh, your own plaster cast dildo or the Mac is American flag gum rags. Oh my gosh. But anyway, if you guys uh, check that out, if you guys ever felt inclined to get something like that, Teespring kicks us back a nice percentage of that. So that's a, that's a way you can support us. Um, and if you can't do any of the above, no big deal either. Our shit's always free and we just appreciate you listening and hopefully sharing. And, and, uh, and, and by all means, YouTube aside, listen to us on podcast services. We're on Apple uh, podcasts. We're on Google play. We're on Spotify. Uh, we're on Stitcher. Head over there. Think about uh, subscribing to us over there. Good for on your drives, your running. If you don't want to keep fucking YouTube up, you know, that's how I like to listen to podcasts. Or just go over there and leave us a five-star rating. That stuff is like currency in the podcast world. Just leave us a five-star rating and something nice, maybe in uh, a review or something. Really quick, man, before I end it, I got to say, uh, as of this recording, a couple days ago, Joe Rogan signed that fucking massive $100 million Spotify exclusivity deal mm -hmm. which i think is huge because uh it's gonna bring a lot of people over to listening to podcasts over there because spotify introduced podcasts in the last year i think or something like that um and they've been trying to make it happen but you know they can't they can't steal the space from like apple right mm -hmm. they just can't nobody it's the number one streaming app but for music so it's a huge fucking place spotify but no, it hasn't been able to make a splash of podcast. This is going to change stuff. They got the biggest podcast. They put up fucking money to get him exclusive there. And they're also getting the exclusivities to the, um, the YouTube show. Cause he puts it all up full video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. The only thing he can put up on his YouTube now is clips. So mm -hmm. if you want, if you, I like watching when he has a good guest on, I'll watch the whole video. I don't mind. I'll, I'll be working and I'll listen and I'll kind of have it on. And, uh, so now I'll just have to log in to Spotify. I mean, it's really no more of a hassle, but it's just you got to go to a different place. I think it's going to be big. 
I, I here's why I think it's good for everybody because we're on Spotify, right? I doubt we get that many streams on Spotify. I'm pretty sure it's all fucking Apple followed by Google and uh, YouTube's even bigger, I'm sure, than Spotify. But the thing is, is Apple's not going anywhere. I don't think he's going to steal Apple's market because it's just Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Everybody that listens to Joe Rogan, I'm sure, listens to a plethora of other shows on Apple. So all it's going to do is force people to also go over to Spotify. So maybe that'll be high tide raises all ships, right? Mm-hmm. Now there's awareness over there. Maybe we'll start getting more traffic on Spotify now uh, and everybody else will. So if you have a podcast out there, I know not everybody's on Spotify because like I said, it hasn't quite taken off over there. Get on Spotify. At first, when they first launched, I think they were real picky. They were kind of hard to get your shit over there, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy. And I think then they started like just accepting everybody kind of like Apple does or everybody. Um, anyway, I thought that was an interesting factoid. Hopefully it's a good thing for, for everybody. But anyway, that's all I got. Zach, you got any uh, last comments? I'm going to go play Doom Eternal, baby. Oh, yeah. Did you start it yet? Hell yes. Uh, is it good? It's fun. It's, a it fun? Fun. it's perfect just to fucking listen to podcasts and play. It, did you play the first Doom before it? Mm-hmm. Is it better than that one? I've heard it's even better. I've heard the mechanics are more fun. I'm like 30 minutes in. It's fun, though, yeah. All right, man. I pulled out Mortal Kombat again. I know you think that's just, you don't want to hear about it, but I'm playing Mortal Kombat 11 again, and they got that DLC package, which I could talk about ad nauseum that's coming out in a couple of days. That's way the fuck overpriced. Anyway, I'll save that for another talk. That'll be like a, a you know, retro rampage that we do. All right, guys. We'll catch you guys later. Uh, like I said, Subscribe, stick around, and check us out next week with a new BTM podcast and then a new episode of Cinema Enema in a few weeks after that. Catch you out later. Bye-bye, puppets.